Welcome back to the Jote Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 174, and spring, what's the, what's the phrase? Spring turns something, hope eternal, something like that? No idea, other than April showers, spring <laughs> flowers is all I know. Well, it is it is springtime, which means we are ready for another baseball season, is where I was trying to go with that. Okay. I was trying to come up with that last second. Uh, so today we're going to do, as I always do, one question for every MLB team. Uh, I have playoff predictions, award predictions, and I realized after that I picked every team that made the playoffs last year to make the playoffs again in baseball. So let's hope there's a little more parity than that. Uh, NBA, we're going to talk about some injuries in the stretch run, how almost everybody in the NHL's Eastern Conference has clinched a playoff spot, and Lamar Jackson's trade request. Right. Uh, but let's let's start with baseball, but not in the MLB, because we uh, have not talked since the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Japan beats the U.S. in the final. But the more important part was that Mike Trout got to face Shohei Otani. Right. They got the ultimate... Hollywood script ending, not falling in the Americans' way, but still, nonetheless, the the script that baseball wants. Yeah, the two best players in baseball that you don't ever really think about it because they're on the same team. Right, and I was going to put this in my bad, but just think that those two players, that might be the ultimate position of baseball pressure that they may ever face because the, I don't see them in the playoffs. Un- unless Otani leaves, right, is is probably his yeah. only option there. Or Trout gets traded. Yeah, it's not going to happen in Anaheim. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> no, and I, I told you if I if I did think they were going to make the playoffs to talk me out of it. As I've been reading through the magazines and looking at the teams, I just think in their division there are just too many teams. Yeah, that have gotten better, and still Oakland that yeah. they don't get to beat up on as much. But yeah, I think it became a bigger. Obviously, a lot of people had problems with the World Baseball Classic. There are a lot of injuries that came out of it. Jose Altuve, Edwin Diaz, but they confirmed it's coming back for 2026. And I don't know how anyone couldn't be excited. Like, Trey Turner's performance is probably not going to get talked about now because the U.S. lost. But he was incredible. There was so many Randy Rosarena. There were these superstars that were... I mean, baseball is a global stage, but I think this is a different kind of pride that they were playing for. Right. Um, and then even it translated, I don't, the NBA didn't talk about it, but even like Connor McDavid talked about it. He's like, we haven't had this kind of tournament. We haven't seen McDavid versus Matthews or McDavid versus, or uh, uh, Matthews versus Marner. If right. you want to go the teammate route. Sure. It, you at least just need something. Even yeah. like, for hockey, that version is probably the World Championships, which happens every year. But yeah, it's not the same. It's not best on best because the best guys are usually playing in the playoffs. Right. I, I think the one thing, if we're getting away from baseball for a second, is the fact that Russia is not involved in baseball. And pretty much in any other international, if you're going to include the world's best on best, typically they're included. And I think that's kind of had a bit of an impact in terms of the NHL and the hockey world being able to come in agreement with when and where to have this best on best. Especially because I don't think, I don't know if the players would care, but I think as fans, 
you want Russia there. They're one of the best countries in terms of hockey. They're right. one of the top three, at four at worst. For sure. And they're always known as the bad guys. But unfortunately, now they really are on a world scale, not a sports scale, the bad guys. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like world ba- I don't know if there's much else to say about the World Baseball Classic outside of just like that that game, that style that Japan plays. And I think it's a little... Like, this tournament's been going on since 2006. There's been five tournaments, and Japan has won three of them. Right. Like, that is a dominant performance for a country. For sure. Because, really, like, that looks like the next top pitcher who's throwing 102 miles an hour will be in... I wouldn't be surprised if he's in Major League Baseball next year. They had a few of them where guys would come up, like... And I know there's a few of them that are like the Japan League MVP that are probably not going to come over to the States. But it kind of made me almost upset that we don't get to see these guys. Like the big uh, 55, the third baseman, who I think is back-to-back MVP, is probably never coming. He's probably never going to be a major leaguer. Right. But the guy you're talking about, Roki Sasaki, who's throwing 102 and has this splitter and has pretty much a whole arsenal, is, is probably himself a few years away from coming to the majors. Right. Because I was reading, because I wanted to know, like, if he's throwing 102 and has the splitter and all these off-speed pitches, how long until he's in the majors? And apparently Japan and the majors have some sort of deal in place where they have to play a certain amount of time in Japan before they can... That makes sense, because then they would just steal everybody, and Japan wouldn't have any league. And then you get, like, if if we're talking about this guy in four years down the line, like, last year he threw a perfect game, almost two perfect games. Like, he threw one and almost threw another one. Right. In four years, like, what is what is he going to be? Yeah, for sure. And that's when he's going to be posted, and you're going to give him that, maybe not 100, eh, probably 100 million. Yeah, probably. If the, if the newest wave are getting 100 million, who knows what that guy's going to be, maybe with another World Baseball Classic under his belt before coming to the majors. Right. Maybe that's what his plan is. Right. And just the style of Japanese players, it's so original. Was that maybe the best way to put it? Like, you can tell, like, the the pitchers especially have this unique um, pause. And, and, and it's not like they're robotic. It's not like every pitcher does it the same way, but they have this way that that as if I'm a hitter, my timing's off. Yeah, it's the it's like every pitcher is Nestor Cortez. Yeah, they got a little hitch in their giddy up, and it, uh, obviously it affects hitters. Yeah, and even, they do a good job of it. And their offensive style is what baseball should be. It's not about strikeout home run. It's right. let's run the bases right. Yeah. You know, bloop bloops here and there. Obviously, you're you're gonna hit home runs, but right. I don't know how many times I saw Japan strike out in that tournament. Like, I would love to know what their strikeout-to-striking-out ratio was. Right. Because it was it probably, probably pretty low. Yeah. Or high, depending on which way you wanted to look at it. Sure. Um, but, yeah, that, that's a wrap on that. We get three years in between, which I think is going to end up being, especially because of what happened a couple years ago with everything getting shut down. I think every sport is just moving into having these best-on-best competitions in as short order as possible. Yeah try and get back to normalcy and and probably recoup all that money that all these major leagues lost over the last few years like I, i'm the world cup expanded 
for for soccer their field i'm i'm not going to be surprised if by the next year or so they announce that the world cup's going to be every three years instead of every four years right just because well what's what's really the point of waiting outside of for soccer it's a little different they have other major tournaments to deal with like that they almost then it would be not every other year but i think it would be a year off and then two major tournaments back-to-back years right that's how their schedule would end up uh working um i guess let's do let's do the other um, like baseball stories before we do before we preview the season um JT Romuto gets ejected, I think it was yesterday, against the Blue Jays because he was holding his glove back and the umpire was going to put the ball in his glove, but he moved his glove away, even though he wasn't looking at the umpire and didn't do it intentionally, Right. but moves his glove away, the umpire drops the ball, and then they look at each other all confused, and then the umpire just throws Romuto out. Hmm. Kicks him out of the game for moving Showing his glove. Yeah, and then he just kind of laughs in his face because... We're in the last two days of spring training. Do you really like? It's not like Rumuto's either. He's playing the whole game to get ready for the season, or right. they're just going to take him out in a late inning so he doesn't get hurt. Right. Which Phil- Philly's already dealt with. Like Reese Hoskins is done for the year, and uh, with a non-contact torn ACL, and now I'm thinking maybe that hurts their playoff chances a little more. Right. Losing one of their top hitters, but maybe the. Like Bryce Harper isn't starting the year on the injured list, and they have Trey Turner, who looks like he's in midseason form already. Yeah. So maybe they don't skip a beat. Be interesting because I find that's I know in hockey because the the best on best is usually played at the beginning of the season. It's kind of tough for some of these players to play in these high impact playoff style games, and then you go to well. It's even worse for, well, I guess it's both the same. You you go to a preseason. It's not even regular season you go to, so it's a big step down in terms of um, quality and competition. Like you yeah. you ramp up for this tournament, right. and then you have to ramp back yeah. down, right, to, to make it through up. the season. Yeah, exactly. Like you, Darvish said, he's he's struggling with adjusting back because you are playing playoff games, and yeah. then. You're thinking, oh, I'm so excited for the playoffs, and oh, it's six months away. Yeah, we have 162 away. games. Exactly. Like, let's play the World Series now. <laughs> um, a couple, couple young kids getting their chance. Uh, Anthony Volpe. Yep. Is our Volpe? Yep. Um, 21 years old, the youngest uh, player since Derek Jeter to make the Yankees. Yeah. A very awkward social media video that came out about it of just like. Aaron Boone just didn't he should have practiced a little more of what he was going to say because right. they they do this now like the Jays did actually a really good job with it telling Alec Manoa he was the opening day starter where you have a fly on the wall camera right the other thing about the video is Brian Cashman sitting right there do you really think they're gonna they're both gonna sit there to tell you that they're sending you down yeah that'd enough. be a little weird but yeah for for Volpe this is a great moment like for his sure. whole family's in the dugout and right. he is I don't know. Is he the Yankees start, starting shortstop? At, yeah. At this point, like they've sent uh, Proza. Is that his, how you pronounce it? Proza? Yeah. They sent him down, and they've already said uh, IKF is a utility guy. So, yeah, he's your – and he des- he's hitting 417. Couple home runs, I think. Stolen bases. Like, you should see him on the base pads. 
It, it's exciting because he's jumping all over the. He's really trying to get in pitchers' heads, like throw, throw over here, right? But uh, yeah, it should be it should be interesting. Is he? I'm guessing you kind of guard him to start the year. That you put him towards the bottom of the lineup. Well, from what I hear, he's gonna be number one. Wow. But yeah, it's like I don't know where you put him, and they were talking about that because you put him in number nine. Um, because he is a bit of a speedster. Then you have DJ as your number one guy and Judge as your number two guy. So I'm I'm not sure how they're – it's, a, I guess, good problems to have. Yeah, where do you fit him in your lineup? Right. And, and how does he how does he pan out, right? Like they were saying, like, what happens if he goes 0 for 20, you know, in his first four or five games or something, right, which could very well happen. Yeah, major league – Major League Pitching. It's weird yeah. that um, the Yankees start on the, the – or I guess everyone or most teams start on the Thursday. Yep. And they play – this is also – the MLB knew what they were doing. They definitely thought Aaron Judge was going to be a San Francisco Giant when they right. made the schedule because right. it's Giants-Yankees opening yes. day in San Francisco. Right. But it's also a 1 o'clock Eastern start. Right. That's not really fair for the Giants. That's early, yeah. Opening day and you have to play at 11 o'clock in the morning. I guess maybe with spring training you're a little more used to it, but right. kind of seems seems a little unfair. Um, also, Jordan Walker, who might be younger than Bullpen, I'm pretty sure, is making the Cardinals opening day roster another one of those fly-on-the-wall videos. Um, Top-hitting prospect, I guess... I don't know. To me, this NL Central is kind of such a mess that maybe someone like a Jordan Walker is is really the difference. And uh, last thing before... before oh, just so you know, the Yankees are playing at home. Oh, it is in New York? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was in San Francisco. Again, actually, that makes more sense. Um, the Marlins and Braves uh, released new jerseys. The Braves are going back to the Hank Aaron era or just as an alternate jersey right? with the A on like the kind of lighter blue color. Yeah. Um, but instead of just having an A, it says the, like the A for like a nickname for Atlanta. Okay. So I thought that was cool. Hank yep. Aaron era jerseys. And then the Marlins are pulling an old Blue Jays. I don't want to say stunt, but they're wearing their inaugural uh, jerseys for home games on Friday nights this year. So will they be known as the Florida Marlins on Fridays then? <laughs> Maybe. And then Miami the rest of the week? <laughs> yeah, just we'll see how their record is. We'll have to keep track of that. On Fridays? Florida Marlins <laughs> were undefeated during the regular season. Because I remember like when we used to go to Jays games and they were like a toonie to go. Right. They would wear the throwback, the yeah. 70s jerseys, I yeah. guess. The 77 yeah, the jerseys. Yeah. On Fridays, and it would right. always, it felt like it would always be Roy Halladay pitching too. Right. It always just seemed to work out that way. Um, yeah, let's get into one question for every MLB team. Uh, we're going to start in the AL, like we always do. Uh, and we're going to start with the Yankees because their question is actually pretty simple of can they survive through these early injuries? Because right. it's already, Carlos Rodon hasn't pitched for the Yankees yet. Has he pitched uh, any spring or maybe yes, he has. a couple yeah. outings? Yeah. Luis Severino starting on the injured list. Right. Can I guess maybe it would be more specific to can they uh, band-aid the starting rotation until those guys come back? Right. I, I think they can, especially when you get that day off that always happens every year in between your first and second game. So really you can go through your rotation the first time and not have to get have five pitchers and then the second time around it'll be you know 
now you're looking at probably April 8th or 9th by the time they have to make a decision on a, another pitcher to bring in. And they've got they've got some quality backup guys that they can throw in there. So I, I'm not too concerned about it. Because um, if you think about it, you're going to have, by the end of the year possibly, you could have three guys come back. Like two of them will be back within April at some point, And then the other guy, if, if he's going to come back, Montea, at the end of August or whatever. And what if he's in fine form? Yeah, Again, then, more good problems to have. Yeah, that's your fifth starter. Yeah. And that's the best case scenario because right. last year he was had to be a reliever because there wasn't a spot for him. Right. And maybe that's what they do here again. Yeah. Right. The the bullpen definitely I don't want to say looks shaky, but it definitely just feels it's like a lot of maybes. Compared to any other year that I can think of in my memory. So I guess the Yankees were asking more than one question, right? Yeah, we talk. We talk because <laughs> they know. <laughs> like Clay Holmes, can you expect the first half of last year to continue? Right, or is it the second half? Right, who knows? He's, he's, yeah, there's question marks on every team, and that's why you're asking these questions. But the Yankees have a few for sure. Damn. And I, I, it's gonna be tough because I would say Cortez. He's looked good, but I don't think he's gonna have the same kind of season he had last year. Garrett Cole's probably your most consistent guy. You know he's probably going to win 15 games no matter how he plays. I didn't think he played particularly well last year, but that's his standard is what I'm saying. Like, if he was on any other team and any other pitcher, you'd say, wow, what a great season he had. Yeah, he was someone that led the AL last year in strikeouts and home runs. Right. Like, that's just kind of the season he had. Exactly. And uh, then in the outfield, I would say, I think Cabrera's going to win the job as the number three guy. He's hitting over... 350 or something like that and again he's a guy who's you could throw him in anywhere like how many positions did he play last year Every, outside of pitching and I, catching yeah exactly i think he's played everywhere so yeah he could play it all so why would you not want him on your team and then i think donaldson i don't think he's gonna have as bad a year as he did last year so that's probably an upgrade but i don't even think you need him at the end of the day i think if you're going into the playoffs and i assume they're gonna make it dj's your your third baseman yeah, if DJ LeMay, he's healthy, and you can – if Donaldson isn't having the year or isn't having any kind of a bounce back, you have LeMay, right. you, you have yeah. Cabrera because right. he can play everywhere, yeah. and you have IKF. Right. Like, you just have pieces to throw at that spot. That's right. Because it feels like at this point, Glaber has kind of solidified his second base spot where yeah. he, defensively he seems very comfortable. Solid, exactly. And I think that'll help his offense. Uh, so after a hundred Yankees questions, yeah, <laughs> uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, how and maybe this isn't the fairest question, but how do they recover from that playoff loss last year? Well, I I I have a couple of issues, not just recovering from that loss, which was devastating, and you always wonder, like, does it carry over into another season? I don't know if that's true. We'll see if that happens. My big question is, can they recover from the trades they made? Because Typically, I kind of like usually the way the Jays make these trades, but I, this time I'm kind of questioning, especially the catcher they get rid of. Damn. Like, why wouldn't you bring him in to be your starter? Like, did they not feel that confident? I thought he was a five-star guy. You let him. Be, I know Kirk is hitting well, but could he not be your DH then? And your backup catcher? That that that's my question. So you would say Jays. it would be more of why didn't you get rid of Jansen instead of Moreno? Yeah. Yeah, and what? Why are you getting rid of Tess, 
uh, Hernandez. That I that it was a head scratcher for me. And it felt like they took away from a strength, which was their lineup, yeah. to add to the bullpen, which I guess if, we know that was their weakness. Yeah, I get it. If Eric Swanson can be that seventh, eighth inning guy to get you to Romano, right. then sure. But until then, you don't really know. Like right. that Seattle bullpen is pretty loaded that they didn't need. Not that they didn't need Swanson, but he's not as much of a priority as adding a bat like Teoscar Hernandez. Right. And they, I remember the trade. I think we like we talked about it on here that when the, the Jays made this trade to get Dalton Varsho, which I don't think Varsho and Kiermaier are bad moves by any means, no. but they're they're probably more of what they need. But you're really taking away like your bats, like Teoscar, and you get rid of Gurriel in that Moreno trade where it felt like oh. You give up Moreno and other prospects, and you bring in Varsho, and you keep Gurriel. Like, it felt like almost too much. Maybe that's the aftermath of that playoff loss, is you had to change that locker room. That could be part of it, because really, to me, the Jays defensively were solid. So I don't know why they need, felt like they needed to upgrade their defense, because again, in my mind, I'm thinking of that Seattle bloop play had nothing to do with the defense, right? It was just one of those perfectly placed balls that will never be forgotten. But yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they had to shake up the, the dressing room or whatever they call it. Yeah, the dugout. The dugout, thank you. I also think it, it's going to matter those first few weeks of not just, well, this season in particular, but the Jays with new dimensions in their in their. That'll stadium. be fun. I'll be, I can't wait to go to a game there. The uh, outfield, I'll be, yeah, I'll be getting tickets there. Twenty dollars. Is that that's it? Eh, like yeah. makes it, it so it kind of, and it, and they still have the WestJet spots as well, or has that been eliminated completely? I so I think that is still a part still of there, it, right? But and those are realistic. Like again, you can buy five hundred level seats and go stand there because that's what we've done before with the boys' weekends and stuff. Yeah, that so it's very realistic. I think pricing. the big the biggest thing is that you just have to get there early. Yeah, because oh, it's going to be first come, first serve. It'll be twenty dollars tickets to get in there. I think so because right. then they're gonna the flight deck will always fill up first, right? And then in right field they have a Corona area. Like they, I remember they were talking about how they want to make it the best like bars in Toronto and just have it just happen to be at a baseball game, right? Like I feel like the seats might start looking empty because people are going to want to stand in the outfield. So here's a question we'll have to look into: If it is going to be like an official bar, does that mean after the seventh inning you can still get served there? Yeah, maybe that'll be interesting. Yeah, like after I'm assuming the game, you can't probably not because it's MLB territory. But if it doesn't, ooh, look out! <laughs> Things are going to get crazy in Toronto, especially that the Yankees only come twice this year. Yeah, that's the downside to the 19 games down to. 13 i think it is now makes sense two right, two series eh? one one home and one away but it feels like a lot like, i think it feels like I the yankees are never here anymore now i think it's two and two like in your own division i think it's two and two like the yankees come to toronto twice and i think right toronto but goes i mean to it's el- eliminated oh that Sorry. takes away yeah one. it takes away one away series and one home series from each gotcha. team i really think it's gonna help the american league i think you could easily have three teams in the American League, win close to 100 games now because now you're not beating up on each other. There's six more games. Let's say each team goes five and one. Look at the team's records, right? That probably puts the Jays and the Yankees over 100 games. The Yankees on 99 last year. Right, and I bet you Tampa Bay is not too far behind, and let's not forget about Baltimore, but sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, you aren't getting too far ahead because the next team is the Tampa Bay Rays. Gotcha. And I feel like the question is usually – 
how how are they doing this? It's the same question. And it's just do they still have it is my right. question because it's it's never the big spending team they ever let Corey Kluber walk because he was too expensive. Yeah. Um, they're banking on Shane McClanahan and Tyler Glass now and a million bullpen arms, which yep. is what they do. Openers. But when when does it stop? Because I I don't I don't think it's now. I still think this is a fine baseball team. Yeah, I just kind of think their trajectory is kind of level. Yeah. So they're, they're they haven't got worse, but they haven't got better. And you're not surprised if they win the division, and you wouldn't be surprised if they finish fourth. Yeah. yeah, that's the way I kind of look at this team, and yeah, they have everything in place. And the one thing I uh, I can tell you I hate about Tampa Bay is they're all about analytics. They don't their manager makes zero decisions. And again, we could talk about the what was it the twenty twenty World Series? Yeah, so there you go. Taking out your number one starter when he's yeah. pitching a gem, right? Just based on numbers. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, the, the question's pretty simple. Can they improve? So this is a team yeah. last year that won 83 games. Oh, we're right there in the playoff hunt. Yep. Yeah, and shouldn't have been. We thought, oh, here's another 100 lost season. They're not quite there. Yeah, this is a, a I don't want to say a make or break year for them, but, yeah, it'll be pretty interesting to see because they got some young guns that, again, is this sophomore slump season or is this where, nope, we're going to take off because – they have. It's not like they have one or two guys that are sophomores. They got a whole whack. Yeah, and one of them, like Gunnar Henderson, Henderson still counts as a rookie, right? Based so on how many go. games he played. Okay. Um, I I don't think they improve. I think they're similar to Tampa, where they've kind of they're going to level out to where they were last year, but maybe that's enough to be a playoff team, right? Especially again, where now you're only playing the Blue Jays and Yankees thirteen times. I I really think this benefits the American League East over any other division in baseball. Uh, the Boston Red Sox again, very simple. What are they doing? Yeah, like if I'm a Red Sox fan, like if I'm a Red Sox hater, which I am, this is I'm laughing. This is terrific. They're just the you're scratching your head. What what moves are these guys making? It just doesn't make sense. To even go back to the Buki Betts trade, not to harp on them for that, but they make that move. Start with that one. That was the beginning of the end. They let Xander Bogarts walk for nothing with a terrible offer. Yeah, like they. Don't they have the number one payroll, or didn't they have like the top three payroll at one time? I know it's probably nowhere close to that, but I guess they didn't want to keep them. They would got to save money. It, it, again, it just that doesn't. I've never heard that saying before. If you're a Red Sox or a Yankees or a Dodgers fan, yeah. Two years ago, this team was like beat the Yankees in the close. wild card. Yeah, and they're there now. It's what's left from that Mookie Betts trade is Alex Verdugo. Like and and. He's not the player they thought he was, I don't think, either, right? He's a big swing. Even World Baseball Classic, he was yeah. big swing and miss. Yeah. Um, and their opening day starter, Corey Kluber, because Chris Sale just got to stay off a bike, man. If Again, I guess my my biggest question for Boston is, is Chris Sale still on this team at the end of the year? Or, or is the fire sale going to continue throughout this year? Because I just can't see this team being good. No, like Trevor's story is out for the better part of the like first half yeah, of the year. It just it just doesn't look good in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> and like poor poor Raphael Devers, who just signs this big contract and they probably told him, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make this a competitive right. team. 
and their moves were, yeah, yeah, we're just going to let Bogarts and our one of our best hitters, J.D. Martinez, walk, but we'll bring in Justin Turner. Yeah, but not 2008 Justin Turner. It's 2023 Justin Turner. Again, it just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about this team. And, yeah, I do they lose 100 games? Like they, like they're a Raphael Devers injury away from a hundred losses. It's you know again, this is a team that might benefit from the fact that they don't have to play their own division. They're saving a whole whack of games, and they might be a little bit more competitive because of that. I guess. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians. My my question kind of goes to the whole division. Do they have any competition? No. <laughs> Simply put, no. This is the worst division. Other than the other central division, there's some bad teams. There's like three decent teams out of those two divisions combined. Yeah, I would struggle to find a third team. I would say two. Ah, no, three. You are right that it's yeah, three. And that's it. Because this Cleveland team, like last year in the playoffs, they lose to the Yankees. But right. that whole series was, wow, they just have so many bullpen arms. Yeah, they bat really well. Yep. They have all the tools. Terry Francona is a great manager. And Absolutely. I'm glad he's not the Red Sox manager. I totally agree. It just doesn't feel like anybody can compete with this team. And nope. I guess my bet for this division was, do they win this division by like 20 or more games? Right. I, I guess the only disadvantage is, again, they don't they play their each team six times less, so that might hurt them a little bit. That keeps that division maybe a little bit closer. But again, here's a low payroll team that, Yep, they look good, but guess what? All their stars are going to be leaving shortly. It's sad. Yeah, that they're just yeah, they're, you're just waiting for the inevitable. Yeah, like the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers are ready to pick these players off once they're out of their first contracts. Uh, the Chicago White Sox is their question is how much better can they be without Tony Larusa? Well, how about Abreu at first base? Like I don't know this team. Like, I thought that was the first good move they made, but then the other personnel moves they've made, I I think they're worse. Yeah, like you bring in Ben Benintendi yeah. as your not even a Brayu re- replacement. Right. They just kind of, again, they are a team that just kind of have a bunch of positionless guys. Right. That you can just mix around. Right. The and diamond. The old, the old hitting champion is nowhere close to what he used to be. Mr. Anderson. Yeah, no. These the the whole like you're just you're waiting for Luis Robert to take the next step. Right. Uh Yuan Mancada, I think, is just he is the player that he is. And yeah, now they just have that gaping hole at first base. Yeah. Can't imagine it, it's hard between them and Minnesota, which is a similar question of like which direction are we going in? Yeah. Because you get Correa back after he was a Met and a Giant. Right. And That's... no one else wanted him. Yeah. But then you also trade the AL batting champion from last year and Luis Arias. Right. So what – I guess those moves weren't made at the same time, but just what what does Minnesota want to do? Right. Do you want to try to make the playoffs? Because you can. You're in the division that you can – you know, you get two or three guys. That'll put you over the top in this division. It doesn't take much. No. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like every any of them are trying. No, and Correa is kind of just in a position where – he's gonna play hard because he wants to get a contract somewhere else right like i can't what did he sign four-year deal i think so yeah 
and he probably has an opt out at the end of this I'm year because sure. if he plays well, he'll yeah. go. All right, let's see let's if try I can again. Get... <laughs> Come on, Mets, Giants, let's yeah. take My another knee spin. Looks better. <laughs> um, the Kansas City Royals and Detroit Tigers are in very similar similar shapes, but I would say between the two, it feels like Kansas City. And I guess their question is, are they ready to take a step forward? Not that it's playoff contention, right? But is it sixty wins? No, wait, that's hunch losses. Yeah. Is it like 70 wins? Right, or mid-70s. Can can Kansas City, with Zach Granke, who is using Pitchcom to shake himself off, or the young – they do have a lot of good young bats, but is this still a 100-loss team? I guess maybe is a better question. That, yeah, to me, they are. <laughs> I just – they just don't have any pieces in place, in my mind, to be any better like there's nothing that stood out for me. They're like the they're almost like the Oakland A's in my mind. <laughs> I feel like at least Kansas City does have well, some. Well, they do have some, yes. But like yeah, o- Oakland is more bleak when Kansas City you can at least look 5 years down the line and right. they have uh Pascatino and Bobby Wood and MJ Melendez. They have pieces who could be who could be good players. Right. But it's still that fear of the unknown. Um. Then, then Detroit is just like, are we? We're still tanking. Is my it's, question. I think it's just the Cabrera retirement tour this year. He'll get his rocking chair at each stadium he goes to, and thank you for coming out. And we're ready to lose 110 games. Yeah, and it's a team that like last year was like, okay, you get Javier Baez. Maybe right. you're trying to do something, and then this off season, it's okay. We're gonna trade Cody Clemens and uh, our closer right to the phillies right like to me it's just okay we're that was the off-season move that just kind of threw their hands up we're giving up again yeah yeah very bad division the the al west i think has a lot of potential to be maybe not as much of a bloodbath as the al east but i think it could be close after second place because my question for houston is who can stop them injuries and that's where it's starting now so all of a sudden, the gap has closed in my mind with the Altuve injury. I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, with him being out eight to ten weeks. This yep. is also a team that lost Justin Verlander. I don't think that can be no, understated. That's right. But are we sure they're just their rotation isn't just good enough to they fill still, that gap? Yeah, they're still deep that way. I think Brantley. I think he's hurt too. Uh, Starting the season, they got probably. a few injuries, so. It's a it's a very Jordan Alvarez type of season. Yeah, if it's Houston their, is still their it's team, their division to lose. <laughs> that, that's such a sad part of the division is it, like Seattle, the Angels, and Texas have done so much. Yeah, and it still doesn't mean anything. Yeah, like when when the when Houston plays the A's, they could rest all their regulars and play their Triple A team, and still beat the A's. Uh, the question for the Seattle Mariners, do we see another playoff appearance? I don't know because, again, sophomore. Sophomore comes into the play for me for Rodriguez. So I think he's a superstar, but we all know what happens in year two of rookies that had good year ones. Them, AL Rookie of the Year last year, I think they added some good, even if it's not protection, even if it's another just good bat in Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah. I think their pitching is pitching, fine. They got yeah, pitching their first two guys would be comparable as long as Robbie Ray can play at the same level or play at the Blue Jay level he played pitched at. 
I think they're in good shape. Yeah. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels is, um, I guess my question would be, is this the end? Is this our last year of Trout Otani together? Yeah. Because if he, he wants to, like, don't tell me he doesn't want to win. Like, did you not see like that? I, I'm surprised he didn't get reprimanded for throwing his hat uh, <laughs> after he won. Just the way that the Japanese are so prim and proper. Um, he wants to win. So he, he's you're not winning in L.A. You're going to have to move. It's funny that baseball doesn't have the same thing as basketball of like the panic move. Because in baseball, what's the version of that? Like the Angels have made some moves to try to make this team better. They had like Hunter Renfro. They... Right bolster the rotation but it it just goes back to these two and it's not their fault nope but there's nothing around them there's no nucleus around those two players yeah and i I think for me like it goes back to anthony rendon when they sign him after he's a world series mvp and is terrible maybe he makes a bit of a comeback i don't i still don't think it's enough even if he has a great year i there's now you got three players but (laughs) I just I don't think it's enough. The only downside that I see to Otani is the fact that he does pitch. Like it, it does affect because I know like when the Yankees are playing them, if you can get him out of the game early, he's out of the game. Like when you're pitching against, when he's pitching against you. Yeah, that's yeah, not like he's coming it, back in the game. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't didn't pick them to make the playoffs in case anyone's concerned. Okay. After a few months ago where I told you, don't let me do it, I, right. I didn't. Uh, the Texas Rangers, your question is, um, did you spend enough to make the playoffs? No. Unfortunately, you're going to have to do some more spending in the offseason next year, and that might make you close to the Mariners. <laughs> yeah, that's that, it. that is like, to me, it's, it's Houston, a gap, Seattle, yeah. right. another gap, and then it's Texas and the Angels. Right. Because the Mariners, they finished, I think it was 15 or 16 games back of Houston last year. That's a big gap. Yeah. And for Texas, this is back-to-back off-seasons of the big spending. Yep. But I just, I I like their rotation. Yep. If you're going to tell me they're going to be healthy. Right. Like Jacob deGrom missed the beginning of spring training. Exactly. So here we go again. And like they had a decent rotation already, but now like Martin Perez and John Gray are at the bottom of your rotation, which is good. Yep. As long as everyone's healthy. Right. And I just, I'm not willing to take that bet that everyone's going to be healthy and play to their full potential. Like, Corey Seager is not going to be 2020 Corey Seager again. And Marcus Simeon isn't going to be 2021 Blue Jay Marcus Simeon. But it might help not having the shift with those two teams, two players. Especially especially Seager. It's going to help everyone, (laughs) to be honest with you. But. Except maybe Joey Gallo, because they might right. they might shift outfielders. Yes, which then they'll have to change that. And we'll, if they ban outfield shifts, then yep. we have to call it the Joey, the Joey Gallo. Gallo for sure. Yep, non shift. Uh, finally, we get to the Oakland A's, where my question was going to be how many Oakland A's can you name, but instead it's can they win thirty five games? Wow, thirty five. So what's the record? I wonder. So that might be something that they go after this year is most losses by a Major League Baseball team. I'm going to say it's probably like 110 would be my guess, or 111, and I think it might have been the Tigers. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is, well... Or maybe the, the um, Nationals. I'm trying to see if... 
I feel like there should be uh, okay modern era because uh, yeah. the, the record is technically the Cleveland Spiders oh. in 1899 who went 20 and 134. Ouch. Um, in modern, okay, this isn't very modern. Um, I'll say the Washington whatever they were called before they went to the rain, Texas Rangers. Uh, Washington Senators are on yeah. this list a couple okay, times. There you go. Thirty-eight and forty-two wins. I'll say since two, two thousand since two thousand, the Detroit Tigers went forty-three and one nineteen. There uh, you go. Um, more recently, uh, the Tigers and Orioles both went uh, both won forty-seven games. Wow. I just they they don't care about winning. No, the money ball is money ball, and it means nothing about winning. I I was genuine. I could confidently name two Oakland A's. I can't even tell you. Is Melvin the manager? He's the Padres manager. Yeah, so I don't even know anybody on this. And I guess because I don't care. No. Like, why would you be interested in not only not knowing anybody on your team, but you could probably name all the fans that are in the stands and they don't want to play there like it's a lame duck it's like it's like the Quebec Nordiques minus they're not good and nobody cares <laughs> right like it's just it's bad all around that yeah, there's no there's no reason to go see a game there like are you not excited they're going to move to Las Vegas now you can go to Vegas and watch a game that's going to be full. Did they play in the Raiders stadium? I'm sure they will. That'd be awesome. Right? That'd like, Oakland's going to hate <laughs> Vegas. Right? That'll be the... Too bad we don't have a major league sports franchise that we could hate hate <laughs> Vegas for. Oh, that's funny. Uh, that, is, that is it for the AL. Actually, I guess I'll do AL... I'll do AL playoffs now and AL awards. So, I have, again, the same six teams making the playoffs from okay. last year. Houston has the one seed. I just... Yeah. To, even with the Altuve injury, I don't yeah, yeah, know if anything still... can slow him down. Uh, I think Cleveland's going to be the two seed. I think they are poised. Like again, now every time you say sophomore slump, then I always think of someone else, and I'm I'm worried a little bit about Stephen Kwan if he falls into that. Right. But I just think he's such a solid hitter that he's not a big power type of guy that that won't affect him. Right. Um, three seed. I have the Blue Jays. I have them winning the division. Yeah. They should too. take a step forward with yep. better defense. Correct. Four seed, I have the Yankees. Yep. Get, sure. get over the hump of those injuries. Yep. Five seed, Tampa. Ooh, interesting. I just, they're, until they don't, right. I, I won't well, believe it. Sure, that's fair. And then six seed, Seattle. I think, right. I think the sophomore slump for Julio Rodriguez could, I mean, it bumps them down a spot from last year. Right. But I think their, their lineup is still enough to make the playoffs. Also, because this is more of like I know it's not as fun, but who who is taking one of those spots? Baltimore. That and that's what I was going to ask you. Who's your seventh team then? Who's your team out of the mix? It's probably to me, it's Baltimore and then the Angels. Yeah, I would say Baltimore are the next two I think, teams. I think Baltimore is better than the Angels, like flat out team for team. Yes, yeah. they two players are way better. Their two players are probably more than Baltimore's salary combined for the whole team. Yes. But, I mean, other than that, yeah, Baltimore. They showed us last year. Yeah, that they can, and now they have a full season to do it. Yeah. Um, out of the playoffs, so in this format, one and two get the buys, three versus six. So it would bring Toronto to Seattle again. Oh, boy. And then it would be Yankees-Rays. So out of that, I would have the Blue Jays and the Yankees. 
winning those series. Yep. Bringing us to Astros, Yankees, Blue Jays, Guardians. Right. Which I would have uh, the Blue Jays and the Astros winning that. Yeah. As much as I want to believe in the Yankees. Right. I just, uh, again, similar um, similar to Tampa, until Houston loses, I'm not going to believe it. For sure. Yeah, the Yankees have to figure out a way to beat them. And as I got close, because if I, if I did pick the Blue Jays, it would be I would make the same World Series pick in back-to-back years, but I, I think Houston pulls it out again because I think Toronto gets to that next step, which is the ALCS. Right. But I don't think in that series with Houston, I don't think they can beat them. Right. Houston, yeah. Houston's the best team in the American League, hands down. And they, sh- it's World Series. I, actually, at this point, I guess it's win the World Series or yeah, bust. Right. Is what the Astros franchise is. For sure. They're the Yankees. Same mentality. Uh, awards, MVP, I picked Jordan Alvarez because I think, especially at the beginning of the year, he's really going to have to pick up the offensive slack. Right. Um, Cy Young, I went with Alec Manoa. Yeah. Opening day That's, starter. Yeah, I and, don't disagree. There is a looking at the list. It's hard. There's a few like especially in the AL. There's just like the the Dylan Cease, maybe Otani this year, Garrett Cole. Right. I had Carlos Rodon pretty high in the odds. Yeah. Depending on how much time he misses, maybe right. it's a benefit. Right. Um, manager of the year because I just think this team is a machine. I'm I'm gonna take the Rays and Kevin Cash. Right. Although did Seattle's win it last year? Because I was thinking maybe. If they get back in the playoffs again, right? Maybe he could win it. And then rookie of the year, I picked Gunnar Henderson from the Orioles. Volpe was close. I think he's like third in the odds right. on FanDuel. I think I have to see it for a bit first. For sure. Yeah. There's lots of pressure there, right? So we'll see how he makes out in the first few weeks, and we'll go from there. Uh, which then we're gonna shift over to the NL, the NL East, another to me very competitive division at the top. Yeah, with I would say there's only one bad team. Two. I'm, I'm gonna say two. Okay, well let's let's start with the New York Mets because they did the same thing as the Texas Rangers, but they're in yes. a better position than the Rangers. Correct. Did they spend enough to contend for World Series? Is their question. Right. I think so. I think they're in the mix. They should be in the mix. Although the Diaz injury probably hurts them, right? That seems like a a move waiting to happen. Yeah. Like a, if you're spending this much, you should probably bring in another closer. closer Although right. he's Diaz says he could be back. Right, but again, maybe. So at the deadline, that's probably the Mets' move. Go get a closer. And I know a team they could go talk to: Pittsburgh Pirates. There you go. Go get David Bednar. Um, this team obviously added big time. They add Verlander yep. and Scherzer. They bring that duo back together. Right. They get Kodai Senga from Japan. It's a team that already had Francisco Lindor. They had Carlos Correa for, I don't know, like a couple days. Yep. And I, Jeff McNeil was the NL batting champion last year. Right. Like, there's no denying that. I think their outfield has kind of always been a question mark. Yep. But I think their pitching is really enough. Right, right. Um, Next, we have the Atlanta Braves, who their question is, can not necessarily replace the production, but maybe the leadership from the shortstop position. Yeah. So they replaced Dansby Swanson with Von Grisham. Uh, Outside of that, their team is just the same. Yeah, and it will be for years to come. Like, they've signed all these kids long term. So it's like, this is a team that's going to be good for a while. 
I think outside the Yankees and the Blue Jays, I think this is my favorite team in baseball. When, like, oh, the Braves are on? Okay, I get to watch Ronald Acuna and Michael Harris and Matt Olson, Austin Riley. Their they're one-two punch in pitchers is probably the most underrated in baseball. Right. If Max Reed comes back to regular season form and no rookie slide for Spencer Strider. You're right. And how can you not cheer for the manager, Snedeker? Yeah. Right? Like, he's just... Got his job when he was, everyone else was retired and is doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, Philadelphia Phillies, your question is, it should be it should be the injury question, but instead it's the World Series hangover. When you lose. Again, if you want to start, go back in time. Name the World Series losers. What did they do the following year? Yeah, and this is a team before any injuries looked poised to – get over that hump they make the big trey turner deal right but now like bryce harper isn't on the 60 day injured list but right. when is he coming back well he, what did he hit with the dislocated shoulder last year or something uh something in his elbow yeah like he shouldn't even been playing right and he was still hitting 300 and hitting 35 dingers and it's a machine and now we can call bryce harper a big time playoff guy absolutely he, he was their he best came player true yep I think it's also like you lose Hoskins and I think that is a big loss, but you still have Trey Turner who just added JT Rumuto, right? Bryce Harper when he comes back. Yeah. And if he can come back in the field even better. Pitching wise, I I don't think they got worse. No. I don't know if they got substantially better. Right. But then again, I I think this division also got better. And I don't think they got I mean, Trey Turner is definitely a big move, but I don't know if they got that much better than they were last year. Right. Um, which which brings us to the Miami Marlins. Oh, boy. Which is the team will disagree on. Yes. I'm not saying they win this division or anything. I just think they'll be better. <laughs> okay. They get Luis Arias from Minnesota. Yeah. Um, not that Johnny Cueto is the big name that he used to be, but you add him into that ro- rotation, yep. Sandy Alcantara, defending yep. Cy Young winner. So there's your – he's going to get, what, 30 starts? Yep. So there's your 30 wins right there. <laughs> um, I, I think their question is actually can Jazz Chisholm play center field at a high level because he's taken on that challenge. He's probably – the biggest personality in baseball he's on the cover of the new mlb the show game yeah but he's also in miami where it should be a big market team but and it's not not enough people go to see him yeah it's so weird eh? like i I just don't understand how you know teams like the dolphins and the marlins like i guess there's too much other stuff to do in miami for people to go watch games it's all i can think of because they're usually good franchises yep um, like, yes, I know the Marlins, like once they're good, they decide to sell everything and it, that drives me nuts, but still they, they are, they've won two world series. Yep. And they were in three. Did they win in 97? Didn't they beat? Well, they Cleveland. beat. The, yes. So they, that was their one other two. Oh yeah. The Cleveland. Um, oh, that's yeah. a sad one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, you know, they're good and say what the dolphins, they try, right. They try to win and they were good for so long. I, I don't know. I just, I've never, again, I, the, it's, I guess it's the ownership I don't like. And, and Jeter's not there anymore. Why do you think he left? He, I'm sure he didn't leave because they're going to try and start winning. No. He tried to, he tried to get that winning philosophy in there and it didn't work. I mean, it is funny that he was the guy that traded Stanton. Not that yep. he's the big time player that he was in Miami. No, it was probably a good trade for Miami. 
Yeah, to get right? some like future Stratton, assets. Stanton's okay, but I, I, to me, he's he's no Mike Trout. He's making the same money, yeah, pretty much. And like this, it it's funny to look back at some of those teams that they did have because for a while they were the like what the Lakers are now of just like all right, let's just go for it. Let's get right. Jose Reyes and Mark Burley, and we're yeah. gonna make these big moves. And I guess that's probably what scared scared the franchise off of making moves right. like that. Yeah. Now it's just let's build this young core and right. The timeline is more like five years at this point. Yeah, they're they're happy if they can win more games than the Oakland A's. <laughs> Which brings us to the Washington Nationals, the team that over under win total is the same as the Oakland A's. Right. And I think that's I think that's a little unfair, but I guess the question is, are they better than Oakland? Well, the that's a good question. I would say the only thing I could say about the Nationals is there's more name recognition there. But that's about it, right? Like, I don't know. Is there more upside there? Like, what what did they get out of the uh, Soto trade? Um, right? Like, are those guys playing? Are they going to be superstars this year? Probably like, not. No, Mackenzie Gore is probably the biggest name out of the group. He sh- should be a regular major leaguer. But right. outside of that, it's a bunch of prospects. Yeah. And really, prospects are just magic beans yeah. that you hope Never turn know. into something. Um. The St. Louis Cardinals, and this is going to be kind of a sad question, but are they, maybe not are they better, but what difference does Wilson Contreras versus last year of Yadier Molina make? Um, yeah, I think that's an upgrade. They're definitely younger, mm-hmm. right, with the with the old guys finally calling in a career. But, yeah, I think, again, the Cardinals are, like, to me, the Yankees of the National League, so they always find a way to win and make moves when they need to and yeah i think they got everything in place you got your two corner positions are possible mvps so i think they're decent yeah and it's kind of more it's almost the al central question of like can anybody compete with them yeah again the only disadvantage is now they're gonna play you know what is it uh 30 less games against weaker opponents yeah yeah that's true um I think Adam Wainwright also getting hurt at the beginning of this year, probably not the best, but also he's not the frontline rotation here. guy. Right. I I know he probably he has more baseball in him, so I'd never take that away from him, but it would have been nice to see all three of them, all three of that Cardinals era, right. retire together. At the same time, yeah. Um, now, the Milwaukee Brewers, your question, your question is, can you recover from last season – with Corbin Burns, because I, I think that arbitration thing, maybe I, I read too much into it and it's just <laughs> a professional thing, but hearing Corbin Burns talk about that, it was right. personal. Yeah. That was and a personal like arbitration hearing. For sure. And I, I I think it was personal when they traded Hater. Yep. They they basically we talked about that last year. Like, what are they doing? Like aren't they trying to win the division? And guess what? They missed it by a game. Makes sense. That's what happens when you trade your closer. You're going to probably lose a couple more games than you normally would. And now they're in the position of they're not sellers, so don't expect the Rowdy Telezes or Devin Williams to be available, but are they're, I guess their best case is contending for a playoff spot. Listen, if you're Milwaukee, what are you thinking? We're in this division. We got one team we have to face. <laughs> St. Louis, right? So, like, if we can, you know do decent against st louis we probably will be in the playoffs that's that's the team they got to beat 
that, yeah, that's that is their a, playoff, right? I'm sure that's their mentality. We're a low market or a small market team that wants to get in, not spend too, too much money. I don't know. I I almost just wish this team would blow it up because it's just never, especially in the NL, it's just never going to work. Like this isn't a, this isn't a world series team. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, I don't know what their future looks like, but if you want a bright future, they have pieces where like someone like Devin Williams, who I guess is their closer now without hater, like you could get a King's ransom for him. Yelich is probably just going to stay there because he's making too much money and not not having anywhere close to the career years he had yeah former mvp there's yeah. a few there are a few mvps especially in the nl has a few mvps that look a little suspect now yeah speaking of one of those the chicago cubs and cody bellinger i guess maybe their question is just like did they i don't want to say enough at the wall but it felt like just like scramble moves. Like it didn't feel like they were really building a team. That it was right. just like let's get names. Are they the Texas Rangers of the National League? That is a really good comparison. Okay. And it's like are are you competitive enough for a playoff spot? Right. I I don't know. Like I think they were just trying to appease the fans and say we're not very good, but we're going to go get some highlight names here that are probably past their prime, but we'll see if we can mix this together and again because of the division you're in you're again everyone's probably got their eyes set on st louis that's the team you have to beat if you want to make the playoffs that i don't dislike this team but it's also just a lot of like okay like we're doing another year of kyle Hendricks and stroman right you add dansby swanson and bellinger they just re-signed nico horner like they have a somewhat of a team there yeah but it just feels like a again they feel like a step below St. Louis and Milwaukee, but a step above Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Right. Unless again, you just name those three guys. If those three guys can have years like they've had in the past, then yeah, they'll probably be competitive and have a chance at the Cardinals. But otherwise, that's why those guys were available because they're not what they used to be. Now, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, are we are we still moving forward? Do we still believe in the future of this team? Well, yeah, that's going to be their theme for the next 30 years. Do you believe in the future of the Pittsburgh Pirates? Because you're never going to get to the present, unfortunately. That, that this team is no longer... And it's kind of sad because really from, you know, the Bobby Bonilla, Barry Bonds era, that was kind of the last hurrah for them being competitive i don't know why it's not like 30 million people moved out of pittsburgh I, like i don't know when they became a small market team because they were so like they've won multiple world series like they've been they were good like in the 50s 60s 70s 80s even early 90s but then since then they are are they not the oakland a's of the mm. national league I would say the 2010s, they were a, not, true, a, not yeah. a contending team, but they were a competitive team. They were team. on the cusp, right? It, again, if they were a big market team, that would be the opportunity. Okay, we're going to keep Garrett Cole and let's add, you know, your number two and number three pitchers in free agency. That right? would have put them. You're right. Yeah, I forgot about they were kind of good then, but now they're back to. I, I don't know. It, 
how would you feel if you're a Pittsburgh Pirates fan? Like you're looking at your center fielder who will probably be in pinstripes come the trade deadline. Oh, Brian Reynolds. I yes. thought you meant uh, McCutcheon. He, want, he wants out. McCutcheon's there just as He's a, back. It's his retirement year, right? He's yeah. another rocking chair. Let's go to, around to all the cities and thank you for making the Pittsburgh Pirates competitive. They got a superstar shortstop, but again, what's he going to want to do in three years? Is he going to want to keep losing 100 games, or is he going to want to go play for a contender and not resign? The only advantage MLB has is you have to sign more than one contract before you can become a free agent. They have to go through arbitration for those few years. Yeah, so that helps you know the Pirates. I would also throw out – I remember watching them last year when they had that series against the Yankees, and they actually looked like pretty good, like Jack Sawinski. They had guys like Cabrian Hayes – feels like one of those oh yeah the yankees are gonna go get that guy right their third baseman like they have they have pieces and uh, andrew yeah. mccutcheon is just there for the vibes like he's just there for everyone to go buy tickets because right. we want to watch, watch andrew him McCutcheon. one more time yeah remember how good he was in 2007 well let's go watch him in 2023 and one last time um uh, the cincinnati reds i originally just wrote shrug as my question oh. My I, my question is actually, did you know that Ken Griffey Jr. is the fourth highest paid Cincinnati Red this year? Really? $3.5 million. Wow. Um, they I weirdly thought they were going to go try to get like Trevor Bauer, bring him back, something like that. Right. Instead, we have Joey Votto, who you say is the most one of the most unlikable Canadians. Right. Because he's just a weird conspiracy theorist. Not conspiracy theorist, but he just... I talked about, I think it was last episode, about aliens and yeah. the Reds are going to make the World Series somehow. This is another, I don't know how many guys I could name on this team. Yeah, Joey Votto. <laughs> and it's a competition with them and the Nationals and the A's of who can lose the most games. The Pirates, yeah. Like, it's just, it, they're the bottom feeders. And I, I, don't, I, again, here's a, they used to be called the Big Red Machine in the 70s. They swept the Yankees in the 76 World Series. And then from that point, Lou Pinella managed them in the 90s and they beat the one of the teams on a pick a side with the Oakland A's. Uh, but yeah, since then and before, they just, and Cincinnati was always known for baseball. It's sad. <laughs> to me, it's sad and they're just not relevant. Here's another team that should lose 100 games. I, th- c- how many teams? Are going to lose 100 games this year? Five? Uh, so, you you think Detroit, yep. Oakland, yep. Washington feel yep. like pretty solid. Yep. Kansas City. Possibly, yep. Boston. Yeah. If they, again, a Raphael yep. Devers injury away from 100 losses. Yep. I feel like you would put my, would you put Miami in that mix? No. They're a little they're bit bad, better. They're bad, but yeah, they're, they're probably more like a 95 or 90 loss team. And then Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Yeah. That's what, right? eight or nine teams that I just listed? Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's possible. But again, I think in the American League East, you could have three teams that win 100 games now because of the new equal scheduling, yeah. if you want to call it that. We'll, we'll have to see, right, at the end of the year if all these – because this is unprecedented, really, if you think about it. Like, baseball, this is going to be like – what if, like you said, you, you like your Miami Marlins. What if all these rule changes really all of a sudden they've got speed – they get a little bit of pitching to make the playoffs because it's not you don't have to win your division. You just get in, and now you're stealing second and third all the time, and here's your third World Series championship that would be my ultimate 
other than the Red Sox winning, that would be the only other team that I would hate to win. And then you wouldn't want to trade for Jazz. Actually, Jazz Chisholm would not work as a Yankee. No. As much as, like, he is so fun for baseball, but that's just, I think that's an indictment on the Yankees of, like, the Yankees are just too boring that they can't have a player like that. Right. They can't have someone too eccentric. Other than who was the guy they had there when they did win the World Series in 2009, came from the White Sox. Oh, Nick Swisher. Yeah, they need a Nick Swisher. And I think Volpe might be that guy. Like, when you watch him on the base pads, you're going to be like, yeah, he might be like he's always smiling. I think that's the guy that might put them – because Aaron Judge is no doubt Derek Jeter. Yep. Same player, right? Like, he's the deserves to be the captain. He's a serious – where maybe a little bit happier than Derek Jeter. Yes. But, I mean, he's still – Stoic. Fo- very much follow the New York Yankees line. Follow the line. This is This is how we do things, and this is how we win. It's almost like this team needed Josh Donaldson when he was on the Blue Jays. Right. They needed that type of like fire. Yeah, because he's not. He's got a little bit of that, but yeah. And I like agree. Garrett Cole is seems like he's fiery, but then right. when like he actually talks, he's not. He's more of like his energy is right. is a energetic person. Um, now we'll go to the NL West, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I guess you're just do they step take a step back in the regular season. Yes, both. Yes, there's a there's a team just south of them that will knock them off their perch this year. And I, you were that this is back to back years where committing you're committing to the Padres. Yep. Um, the Dodgers rotation is already great. Yep. It's a they could get Walker Bueller back this year. Had Tommy John in August of last year, so you're thinking right. maybe ramp up for a playoff run. But it's still, if he doesn't come back, it's still Kershaw, it's Julio Arias, it's Tony Gonsolin. Uh, I was about to say Anderson, but I think he left. Like, it's still May. Dustin May, May. is the big, I think, question mark, because he looks like a f- flamethrower in my mind. He could be. But again, he's coming back from Tommy John. Yeah. And yeah. they lost their sh- shortstop. Like, who's uh, playing shortstop in L.A.? Again, that's a prime market, and now you're going to probably have a triple-A guy there having to play shortstop it, it's that too it's too bad carlos correa didn't wait yeah if, he could have yeah you want my 75 percent knee the dodgers will take me that does feel like a dodger type of guy yeah because yeah now that without gavin lux in that hole it's like well mookie bets he's gonna play 40 games at second base oh, okay chris taylor he'll he'll move around mookie bets like they it doesn't feel like they're worse like a lot worse well because they are so good yeah consistent yes but i i don't necessarily disagree but i would still i still trust the dodgers pedigree i I still think they can win 100 games but i don't think that's enough to win this division um i guess maybe my question is a little light for the padres it should be how many games do they win the world series in for you but it's do they have room for fernando tatis jr yeah, it just will be interesting to see if he can play outfield, which he's never played before. He's being forced to play a position he's never played, which will make it interesting. But when you have that much talent, you, you got to put play, people places where they don't want to play. Hey, listen, it works. Look at A-Rod. Yeah. Shortstop, they put him at third. He still wins the World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
still gets that big contract. Still gets, yeah. When you're that good of an athlete, you can figure it out. You're you're if you're that good of an athlete, you can play anywhere. Okay, because it's it's it is kind of like what is their weakness because the pitching if, if even if Darvish has a slow start to the year, it's still Joe Musgrove and Blake Snell, they still have yeah. the rotation, the bullpen. It's a full year now of Josh Hader. Right. Um, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, yep. Bogarts, yep. Jake Cronenworth. Yep. They just have these pieces everywhere. They, I'm trying to think of who their first baseman is because that maybe is a question mark. Right. Because Eric right. Hosmer and Luke Voigt are gone. Right. Yeah, it's somebody else in there. Again, they, so they might be, but they does spend it matter? the money. Yeah, you can go get one, but and they already beat the Dodgers. In my mind, they already got over their hump last year. So th- to me, like I know they didn't make it all the way, but you know what? They're gonna have a full roster and injuries. I don't think will affect this team because you could lose one of your big guns and you still have enough there to win it all. Uh, San Francisco Giants. I wrote, is there a hangover without Aaron Judge? But I think it's a hangover of the whole offseason. They lost their it, – it felt like they lost everybody, and they didn't get anybody, though, right? Like, they lost Correa and yeah. Judge, basically. That's what it feels like, but they never actually had really either one of them. Well, they did have Correa. For a few days. Yeah, they were going to – like, they just – the physical is what stopped it. Judge was a San Francisco Giant for like five minutes. Yeah. And they then, lost Rondon. Yep. Right? They're number two, or I guess he was their number one pitcher. That moves up. So they're worse. Yeah. They had they two years ago they what played above and beyond, right? We knew they were gonna come back to Earth last year, be a five hundred team, and that's what I expect them to be this year. Yeah, it feels like another step down. Yep. But still enough to be the third place team in that division. Yep. Because the Rockies and Diamondbacks is a combined question of one of these teams is going to be oddly competitive. Right. Because it always is in the NL West. Right. And my question is just like, which one is it? Because wasn't Colorado and Arizona both at some point leading the uh, National League West? Yep. Right. And and they were still hovering around 500. Right. I don't know. Like the Rockies, they still have Chris Bryant. They always go out and make some kind of move. People are always going to want to play there because your numbers are going to get inflated playing a course field. If you're a hitter. Yeah. If, yeah, you, if, you're, you don't, if you're a pitcher, you don't want to go there. Yeah, your numbers will also right. inflate. Yes. And, and it's funny because the Colorado owner really criticized San Diego's owner about all these moves they were making, right? Like, how dare you try and win and spend money? Yeah. <laughs> I I actually think one of these two teams might lose a hundred games too. If we want to add to the mix, I would I would say out of the two, I think it's a better chance it's Colorado. Yeah, I agree. It, it, and the, again, the only advantage where they might not is they don't have to play the San Francisco Giants, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the San Diego Padres nineteen times. There's sixty games almost right between those three teams that you're not going to have to play now. I really think that's going to make it, and the rules right. Like we could be totally offside we could have the oakland a's and cincinnati reds meeting the world series and we go what happened this year after the that's Imagine after that. the aliens show up that's right uh, i think arizona because uh i think zach Gallen is about to fall into jacob Degrom syndrome where he could be the best pitcher in baseball but he doesn't have the support like the offensive support that he needs right uh they add lourdes goriel yeah you add uh gabriel moreno is he going to be the starting catcher? 
And if he is, are Blue Jays fans not going to watch highlights of the Diamondbacks games because he hits 300 and smokes 25 home runs in his first year? I think he plays great defense. I think he's more of a platoon because they do have Carson Kelly. Okay. Um. So I think he he's probably more of the backup DH type of role. Gotcha. Uh. They do have Christian Walker, Cattell Marte. They have guys that I like. Right. That'll be that teams will like at the deadline is what you're saying. <laughs> if they're if they're not competitive again, yeah. Kings ransoms for for those teams. Uh. Uh. The NL playoffs. Um, I have the Mets as the one seed. I okay. think I think they're pitching, and I think they can get over whatever injury defensive woes. I also okay. think I I almost picked Buck Showalter to be manager of the year because I think he does such a great job with that team. Yes. Um, but I think there's another there's another manager out there that I I like a little bit more for his team. Uh, two seed, I have the Dodgers. I, I know you like the Padres. Yeah. I I think that can be. Our our bet of this year, I still think the Dodgers win the division. Okay. Um, three seed the Cardinals. I just don't see the Milwaukee quite there. Yeah. And as much I honestly want to see the Cubs and Cardinals battle it out, but it'll right. probably Get that be the back again. But yeah. Uh, four seed the Padres, the top non-division winner. I think they're now it's they have playoff experience, which wasn't wasn't yeah. what we expected. Right. Well, I guess you expected it. Uh, five seed the Braves. I I love I love this team, and I think they're even better as underdogs. I think that's really fun. And then the six seed I have is the Phillies. Yeah, because I think Bryce Harper is going to come back, and he's going to be fine. Right. Not having Hoskins is pretty big. Right. But then you're replacing Hoskins technically with Trey Turner, and I don't. I think that makes you better in that sense. Right. If you're just replacing them one for one, not in the same position, obviously. Um, out of out of the wild card, so it would be cart. Is it the same? No, I was gonna say it's the same as last year. Cardinals, Phillies, who did play last year, right. uh, and Padres, Braves. I have the Braves and the Phillies winning those series. Why did I do that? I don't know. Okay. I don't like the. I guess maybe I'm thinking the Phillies make some move at the deadline to get a right. first baseman. Um, so then it's Mets, Braves, Dodgers, Phillies, and I have the Braves and the Dodgers advancing to the NLCS. The Braves beating the Dodgers to make the World Series, and I have the Braves beating the Houston Astros and winning the World Series. Wow. Last year, I think I picked Braves over the Blue Jays, which I, I guess it's more conceivable to happen this year. Right. I just think also the the hump of the Do- the Dodgers aren't the hump anymore. Right. They were the hump for like a year or I guess a few years. I yeah. should they made a few World Series. Yeah. Now because the Padres beat them, they are beatable, and I think they're honestly even beatable if if they have to play the Padres or the Braves again. Right. Those are two teams that have already beat them, and they yeah. can do it again. Agreed. Uh, in terms of awards, MVP have Ronald Acuna Jr. Right. I guess maybe I should have more belief in the Braves that they should win their division. Um, Cy Young, I just I really hope it's Corbin Burns right. with the Brewers. I just want him to prove prove himself yep. and also leave the Brewers. <laughs> um, manager, as much as I want to pick Buck Showalter, it kind of makes sounds like I think the Braves win the division, but I think yep. Brian Snicker is arguably the best manager in baseball. Yeah. 
And then Rookie of the Year, I almost did this for the AL as well. It almost seems unfair that Kodai Senga is a rookie, but he is a major league rookie technically. Right. So I, I picked him. He'll be the Mets' third starter. Right. So I think he's he's in good position. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have any award picks. Not award picks, but uh, I would pick the same six teams. The only difference, I would put the Padres and Braves, one, two. Cardinals, I'd have the same. And then the rest of your order, obviously, the opposite mm-hmm. with the Phillies sixth. Um, I think the Padres, of course, that's it's, um, it's like my Carolina Hurricanes of <laughs> baseball. So I like them going to the World Series against the Astros, and I like the Padres winning it all this year. It's hard. Like, you almost, if it, uh, let's just say it's not Houston, and Houston falls off and they lose in the playoffs, who is that next team? Either the Padres, Blue Jays, or Yankees at that point. I would say those are the next three teams that are – and I wouldn't pick one of them over the other at that point because they all have different flaws or different advantages for different reasons. Nice. Uh, That is over an hour of an MLB preview. Let's (laughs) go to the NHL where Fanatics has announced that they are replacing Adidas as the NHL's jersey sponsor – a lot of people are upset about this because the fanatics, the quality of the jersey, it's a 10-year deal, and if anything, it's just stability because the NHL's kind of bounced around jersey companies for a while now. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, is that a good thing? Like, I would think it's a bad thing that they're leaving Adidas, so I'm not sure. Is this Adidas's decision, yeah. or is this the NHL's decision I think to it, leave? I think it's Adidas leaving the NHL. Yeah, okay. So and not a good thing. No, fanatics is just the next next man up. Yeah. Before they try to go to like CCM or something like right. that. It's like TV deals for hockey. <laughs> they just, who wants it next? No one. No, no one's bidding. Yeah. No one wants to be involved with hockey, which is, which is too Sad. bad. Uh, Connor McDavid last night reached the 140 point mark. Yeah. That's nuts. And 60 goals. And the, the fun question with McDavid is just like, can he get to 70? Yeah, exactly. And, and in my mind now, I'm really thinking of the Wayne Gretzky era is like you don't necessarily need the best team if you got the best player. Like I know goalies can win series, but McDavid can do the same thing. Now it would be hard when it comes to our fantasy hockey playoff draft to yeah. not pick him first. Right. Because even if you're thinking round one, they lose to the Kings. Does he not right. get like 10 points exactly. in seven games? I was thinking 15, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, I went a little light there. Yeah. Um, I also think it's, pretty cool and important that he he came out as an outspoken that hockey is for everyone yep for sure yeah from your biggest superstar to, right. to talk about that right which kind of gives us that oh wait let's do oh, oh yeah the so the more more pride night stuff is going of on of course and not in a good way again no We're talking about the wrong side of this stuff so i don't did we do a podcast after james reimer or was that yes. before uh no, after we talked about okay. the Reimer thing. Yeah. So then Reimer, Reimer has kind of doubled down on his statements, and he has been in contact with the Stahl brothers, who Eric right. and Mark both did not participate when the Florida Panthers had their pride night. Um, again, citing religious reasons. But I think this took a worse turn because yes. after the game and the very defensive Eric Stahl right. says, I want to stick to the statement. I don't want to talk about it. Right. And a very smart reporter asks, yeah. well, what about Montreal? Right. In 2021 in Montreal, you wore the Jersey. And I don't know if he just 
is lying to himself or right. just doesn't remember yeah. but he's like i never wore the jersey yeah i never weird. did that and they showed the highlight of him actually wearing the jersey so yeah he should have thought this went out a little bit more because again we're we are not the people to say that you're you're allowed to believe what you want to believe uh, absolutely religious beliefs you we are not a society that's taking away from anything yep i also have to say brian burke had the best statement of you're not supporting their lifestyle by wearing the jersey right you're supporting them being hockey fans and it's nothing more than that it doesn't have to be more than that to right you. and that was during the the intermission of the saturday day. yeah that, i thought he spoke because i thought oh boy brian i love brian burke right yeah. he's the don cherry of 2020s or whatever you want to call it but yeah i thought he did the right thing the one thing and it, it was interesting because he wasn't all one-sided because on the Provorov side, I totally forgot about this. Like, Provorov's family still in Russia. So now he was concerned about their lives mm. if you wore their jersey. That's a big difference, right? We were talking about religion and stuff before. Um, but, yeah, in Russia, it, this is this is a no-no. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, if he wears that jersey, what happens? He, his family are now in Siberia or he can't find them ever again. Yeah, that you know that's kind of uh, uh but again it's something it's so sad he couldn't even say that to the media like right when the media asked him like why well for religious reasons but realistically it probably it's because wasn't. of my country yeah. and like you know if he really wanted to say what he wanted to say but like the blackhawks canceled their pride night in support of their russian players and cited those reasons but it wasn't Jeez. until Ilya Labushkin of Buffalo Sabres didn't participate and this is this is the best organizational decision that or uh, I guess explanation that was made Kyle Poso talked about it they had a big discussion in the locker room and Labushkin just said I'm worried about my family back home there are are anti-gay laws from the Kremlin yes and they like they know who you are. They know who your family is. Yeah. And if you are going against the government, this right. is why. And this is a big thing with Ovechkin when he did not speak out against Putin about right. the war in Russia. Right. Was because he's worried about his family. Yes. And again, you're. we're, we're not going to. This is the best explanation of Lubushkin doing that and the Blackhawks both citing the Kremlin law. Right. So that is. Because they were also still in support. Like, Lubushkin was right. still in support of them, but right. just personally, I can't do this because I'm trying to protect my family. Right. That is the most understandable. I think yes. everyone can say, you know what? At least you ex- you have a very valid reason. Not that religion right. isn't a valid reason. Yep, yep. But even I saw there was a Mark Stahl. I don't know if he wore the jersey, mm-hmm. but he had a, a pride jersey that was auctioned off when he was on the Rangers. Right. This existed and now it seems more prevalent than ever zach hyman was had a great like uh question answer back and forth about this and he ended it with i'm not taking these these beliefs away i just don't agree with them i don't agree with the players making the decisions not to be a part of pride night right (sighs) but I, i guess it's still good we're talking about this stuff like i know it's not great but it's not like it's terrible it's not like they're saying they hate that lifestyle no right that's not that's not what this is about right? no especially it's, the blackhawks and labushkin i think yeah, are the best case scenario right. of what's happened exactly exactly so it's not all bad no none of it's really bad it's just we have to accept that people have beliefs 
um, and saving their families. So that makes it a little bit more than, you know, again, going off the left wing saying it's racist. Yes. Which is, this is farthest from that at all. If, so. if you want to say there is some bigotry involved, and I'm saying this is more on the Reimer, Stahl brothers side of this. Right. Then, yeah, I'm not going to disagree. Like, I, I don't think. I don't think they did the right thing, but if we're accepting everyone, we accept everyone. Right. Hockey hockey is for everyone at the end of the day. I think we would both say, actually, I, maybe I shouldn't say wearing the jersey. Like, that wouldn't bother me. No, me either. Like, it might have before, though. Right? Cause, and again, there's this is growing where up in a different changed. era. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. And would I do that? Yes, because. Like, do I agree with that lifestyle? No, that's not me. Like, but you, I accept- that you don't personally do the lifestyle. Right. But I, I accept people, yeah, come in and play hockey or watch hockey or whatever, right? As- so. Especially if you are good enough to play, that's pretty much all that your sentiment should be. Yeah. If you're good enough, if and and not just you're good enough, you're, we're saying good enough in terms of, like, professional hockey. That's right. Yeah. If you're just playing hockey, yeah. just go out there. You're there to have fun. Right. Which is what this should be about. For sure. Um, hard left turn into Alex Ovechkin, who <laughs> scored his 13th or had his 13th 40 goal season. Right. Breaking, breaking Wayne Gretzky's record. Yeah, that's impressive. Like when I saw that stat, I'm like, wow. Consistent. Like when you're breaking Wayne Gretzky's, any, any Wayne Gretzky record, <laughs> again, hopefully he doesn't break the all time goals, but that's between you and me yeah we do this i have that for a pick aside but i just know what side we're on right um jared bednar signs a three-year extension with colorado keeping a stanley cup winning coach and a team that is one point one point out of first place in the division right and they in one year have turned into the tampa bay lightning of yeah we don't want to play those guys right they're gonna if they're healthy we're yeah. not going to beat those guys right. without Kadri. Um, Jack Hughes, David Pasternak, some milestone goals. Uh, Jack Hughes, 40 goals this year. Yep. I feel like we kind of – we talked about at the beginning of the year of how good of a start he had. Yes, and the he, team. And they – maybe, I, I guess, consistent. They've just kind of leveled off to where they should be because right. they are just – they are a playoff team. Like a bunch of playoff spot. And Jack Hughes is not necessarily the leader in captaincy, but he is their best player. Right. And Pasternak got to 50 goals. Did you see how he got to 50 goals? I saw 51. I can't remember 50 now. 50 was a breakaway where the guy tried to lift his stick, so he took all the power off of the shot he took, and the puck just dribbled between (laughs) the goalie's legs. Oh. One of those like oops, <laughs> like if the if the defensive player didn't do anything, he probably doesn't score that goal. Because then fifty one was like the classic Pasternak one timer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that uh, was a good game. By the way, I watched that. I'm starting to watch if it's a good matchup, and this was a great matchup because Carolina wore the old Hartford Whalers jerseys, which just felt like I was watching an eighties game. That was but. great. The highlights put on Brass Bonanza, the song. Yeah. Dun, 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 when they used to play in a mall. That's right. <laughs> uh, Mitch Marner had one of the greatest almost assists ever. Yeah. A, a headbutt. Yeah. 
I thought that was great. The puck's going out of the zone. It's over his head, so he just knocks it with his head going forward. Yeah, that's right. And they would have scored, except Kevin Lankin and Rob Kaliarncroak. Right. Which is now going to be one of the highlights of the year, but not for the pass. It's going to be the save that that's everyone right. talks about. Yes. Um, Michael Pozzetta, uh last night dropped the celebration of the year. Yes. Easily. Uh for anyone that doesn't know, Dave Tiger Williams, yes. which a lot of the younger generation doesn't know, wasn't like a, like, he wasn't a superstar by any means. Oh, no, he was a 360 penalty minutes a year, but could still put the puck in the net and score 10 to 15 goals. And has, player. and has the classic riding his stick, and Pizzetta scores a shootout winner, and I saw this after... He didn't play the final, I think, five minutes of the third period or overtime. So right. he's sitting on the bench for a solid, like, 15, 20 minutes. Right. And comes off the bench and does that. Yeah. A shootout winner, and he's pointing to the whole crowd. I love like that. Just like Tiger did. It, it's funny because, in my mind, and Tiger may have done this, but it, it was with the Leafs, not in a Vancouver jersey. So it's kind of interesting. I'd have to go back and see because I'm sure he did it more than once. And again, there wouldn't have been shootouts back then, right? So that would have just been a goal scored. Yeah, that that's also crazy that that wouldn't just turn into an immediate bench clearing. Brawl. Oh, for sure, back in that day, yeah. Uh, the 2018 World Junior Team, which is going to be relevant in our lives probably forever, right? Uh, while this investigation is still going on, Hockey Canada will not allow any of any of the players from that team to play on a Hockey Canada team. So who, who who is that relevant to? Like, who would actually make any of these Team Canada teams? So if we're talking, like, Olympic level, it's probably just Kale McCarr. It's probably okay. the only one. Okay. In terms of World Championship, it's actually kind of significant. We're talking about the Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Drake Batherson, okay. Carter Hart. Right. Even though many of these guys have come out and denied their involvement in yep, this. Yep. It's just the whole team until they know yeah. well, who, who is will, part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, disappointing. Cause that just sure. makes me sad that like I watched that team and I loved that team. Right. I went to the gold medal game. We went right. to the quarterfinal game. Yeah. They were a great team to watch. It's so sad that that was happening, you know, and it happened after doors. the tournament. Like, it happened, like, the summer after. Okay, gotcha. So, like, it was after the fact, but it can just, you can, we could never look at that team the same. No, exactly. Uh, finally, let's look at, let's look at the standings. Um, in the East, five teams have already clinched a playoff spot. I don't say already. There's, like, ten games left or less than. Yeah, depending what team you are. Like, six, six to ten? Yeah. Um, Boston, who clinched the Atlantic a couple days ago, which right. I'm surprised it took that long right. for how far ahead they are. Yeah. Uh, Toronto clinched playoff spot by uh, Florida losing, right. which I love this time of year of that yeah, kind of stuff. celebrating at home. Uh, Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers all clinched playoff spots. I really hope we do get round one New Jersey and the Rangers. Right. Or like, I hope we get round one Tampa Bay and Toronto. <laughs> that would be interesting if that... Uh, and if only we haven't known that since like American Thanksgiving. And and if this was baseball, we would be in the Leafs dressing room watching them pop the champagne in their suits. <laughs> yeah. Um. So still lurking behind in the East, the Islanders feel like they're a pretty safe playoff team. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play them, and I don't think Boston will have to worry because I think they're far enough ahead that they'll play Carolina. So they are at eighty-five points. Or is it going to be Carolina? I guess they're still winning enough, eh? They're going to 
win the uh, division? I think there's still a ha- I think it's them and New Jersey okay. fighting for first. Okay. But Ca- Carolina, like as much as they had said the Svechnikov thing was going to end their season, right. it really they hasn't. they got a good system, right? Like it's going to affect them, but I only think it will affect them in like the Eastern Conference final. Uh, Carolina is three points up on the Devils with two games in hand. Yeah, so they're in good shape. So we'll call. I'm going to call it Carolina Islanders first round, which is probably going to go seven. Yeah, that probably will. Yeah, that'll be a good series. Because they're thinking like Barzell probably comes back. Yeah, for sure he will. So that's going to make them way better. Uh, Pittsburgh, 82 points, sits in that second wild card spot. I think they miss. I have a feeling like the Buffalo, although all these teams seem to be losing, I just feel like Buffalo or Ottawa or Florida could come in. But they're all losing. Yeah, Florida's lost uh, four straight. They're yeah. three points back of Pittsburgh. Buffalo, Ottawa, both at seventy-seven points. You just like just for hockey's sake, you just want one of Buffalo or Ottawa. Yeah, just take Pittsburgh out, please. Just get them two home playoff games. Well, because basically we know yeah. at this point the second wild card has to play Boston. Yeah, and to bring yeah. back the Daryl Sutter quote from last year, whoever plays them, it's going to be a waste of eight days. Yeah, you're gonna it, get swept in the first like round. It, it really does. Like it doesn't feel like a Columbus come in and they sweep. Because who's who's would be who would be the best in position to do that? Buffalo to beat Boston. Yeah, in a surprise, you know, Tage Thompson goes on a tear and scores five, right? But other than that, like I really can't. That would I to me that would be a bigger upset than Columbus beating Tampa in four straight if any of those teams can win a game <laughs> off of Boston. Yeah, Pittsburgh feels like it would almost just be like a mercy, like yeah, like mercy rule. Like, good for you, Pittsburgh. You made the playoffs for the 18th year in a row or whatever we're at. Something and, like but, that. You know, and it's nice that you have very close colors to Boston, and that's the end of the comparison. Yeah, they're just nowhere close to the team because no. they were even for the 2010s. Right. They were even teams, and now it's nowhere close. No. Uh, to the Western Conference, we're, we're in a bit more of a logjam. No one's clinched a playoff spot. Wow. But we're pretty – like the it's pretty set of who's making the playoffs. Right. But Minnesota, Colorado, Dallas are separated by three points. Minnesota, right. 95, Colorado, 94, Dallas, 92, who – until I checked, I was like, wait, Dallas isn't winning the division anymore? Kind of for, just thought they were going to win it. You know who I'd like to see play each other? And I'm just curious out there because I never really thought about it because I don't think they've played each other before. Is Minnesota Dallas. <laughs> How many people were Minnesota North Star fans that moved with their team to Dallas and cheer for Dallas now? But now they have a home team back in Minnesota. There's There might be some like, ah, this is tough. Like, who do we cheer for? Because I would... As if I was a Minnesota North Star fan, I would think I'm a Dallas Star fan. Yeah. Because I would want to move with the franchise. Right. But you'd think you'd still have some. You're probably going to Minnesota Wild Games if you're a hockey fan. Yeah. So you probably. That's your second favorite team now. That, that, that is an right? underrated series. Yeah. I do want to. I want to see that. And, and like. Dallas has got to be pissed off because the Minnesota Wild are, are wearing the North Star jerseys. <laughs> yeah. They're right? taking the colors. They're taking their, their history. That's true. Um, Pacific Division, uh, Vegas, 98 points. LA, 96. Edmonton, 93. What's the what's the better matchup for Edmonton? Like, it, I don't think there is one because those three teams, like, 
I don't know. Can I, to me, they don't separate at all. Other than Edmonton has McDavid, he could probably he's the best player out of any of those teams and probably could win a series because of him. But I wouldn't be surprised if Vegas or the Kings can be the best team in that and come out of it. Yeah, that's the way I kind of look at that. Like it, that's a toss up. The Kings' biggest surprise of this of the year. Um. Definitely up there. I've, I, I guess maybe of just how good they are. Or New Jersey, I guess, right? Yeah, New Jersey. New Jersey and the Kings. Like, yeah, I, I'm both surprised. They're both going to get 100 points. New Jersey's already there. Kings are going to get there. Yeah, that's true. And then wild card, Seattle, 88, Winnipeg, 85. And our mercy of just like, please don't let Calgary in the playoffs. No. Again, here's another. They're they're like Buffalo and Ottawa. Like, yes, let's. we're almost there, but we're going to keep losing. It just it drives me nuts. Like it, it, again, to me, there's four. The four wildcard teams are just there for fun. It, it's almost like Gary Bettman should have said, "You know what? Yeah, we are going to change the playoff format. We're only going to have six teams in." Yeah, that probably would right? make it a more competitive playoffs. Yeah. Like, what is what is Seattle? Seattle's like, we all know they're just happy to be in the playoffs, right? Isn't that they're gonna have their ticker tape parade? We made the playoffs in year two, which is impressive. Yes. Right? If it wasn't for the Vegas Golden Knights, this would be the story of the year. We would be saying, Wow, Seattle's making the playoffs. Instead we're gonna have to wa- watch them play like Colorado. Yeah. And and get yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Get a game. Maybe they or win two. a game because they can score, right? They can win an eight seven game. In a playoff. At Colorado might be the team to go, whoa, 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 let's slow this down a bit. Yeah. Um, Nashville also kind of there, but not really. They like, just, Calgary isn't really there no, either. They, they, Buffalo, Ottawa, Calgary, Nashville, like, get your act together. You've got 10 games to go, win some hockey games, and your fan base will love you because you'll be in the playoffs. You might get swept, but at least you're going to get there. Hey, you, you get two home playoff games. If not, lose everything, and then you got a chance at Bedard. Yeah, they are just in purgatory. Yeah, it's not good. I do kind of – I like if it's Colorado-Seattle, and I like if it's Vegas-Winnipeg. I like those yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, that would be good matchups. Because sure. then it's a rematch of L.A.-Edmonton. Right. Not mad about that. Um, I forgot to say this before, but the A.J. Greer cross-check to Mike Hoffman – there was a few of those over the last couple of weeks where guys were just pissed off and cross-checked the other guy in the face. Especially in that scenario, shouldn't it be the other way around? Shouldn't Mike Hoffman, who's on this terrible Montreal team, be cross-checking Greer in the face, yeah. who's on the greatest regular season team ever? Yeah. Weird stuff. Uh, let's go to the NBA, where uh, John Moran has made his return from suspension. He is talking about being more mature, more of a leader, and it's actually kind of worked. Memphis is probably going to be the two seed now in the West in a very messy play-in scenario. But, you know, he's back and maybe a few weeks in the regular season is kind of all Memphis needs to kind of figure it out. Did he leave his gun at home when he introduced his shoes? He he did. Okay. I was, it wasn't his. It wasn't his gun. Okay. Did he leave a gun behind then when he introduced his shoes? Please tell me, his, what, what's the name of his shoes? I hope it has nothing to do with a gun. Or shooting. Yeah. That would be rough. Uh, some injury updates. Zion Williamson is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Like, is this guy ever healthy? Like, I don't, I don't, th- ever since I've seen him blow a shoe, I knew he's going to get hurt. 
his whole NBA career. It's this is like the most disappointing player because of injury that I've ever known. Yeah, for the potential that of what he could be. Other than my best friend from the Nets, who I guess is out for the year because it's getting too tough to play on a team that was in the playoffs and then lost all those superstars and I think they're still out of they're still out of the play in too. They're the sixth seed. Uh, they are tied with the Heat right now. So oh, if the right. Heat beat the Raptors, again, the Nets are slowly falling into where I thought they were going to fall into. If the Rap- I mean, that's probably the best case scenario for the Raptors if you're the 8th seed playing the 7th seed Nets. It's one of those games where, yeah, it's okay if you lose because now you get the you're in, the Nets are now in range. Oh, they are tied. Damn, that's... That's going to be tight. Uh, Kevin Durant uh, progressing towards a return probably Wednesday gives them the 10 10 games to try. He's always hurt. He is. And that one, it was also like a freak accident in warm-up. Right. Like it wasn't some lingering injury that's come about. Uh, LeBron James, who the – a couple of days before they asked Darvin Ham about it, and he was like, yeah, he's, he's coming back. And it just kind of, you could hear the concern in his voice. And then Sunday against the Bulls, he comes off the bench. Right. And is back. They lost, but at least he's back to try to get them. I think, I think they're going to make the play in, but it's, right. it's still tight. And here's a guy who never gets hurt. No, the last, LeBron. Like, the last few years, but because before then, age. yeah, like, father time undefeated. Yes. Uh, and your best friend, Ben Simmons. And that's who I was talking about. Isn't he out now for the year? Yeah, or? he's done for the year. Yeah, just I've had enough. This is a, I'm going to only play 60 games this year, and I don't want to be part of the fact that we were in, what, third or fourth place, and now we might miss the playoffs entirely. I don't think they will but because they've won too many games. But, you know, they'll be in the play-in. Yeah. Uh, it's also just too bad because this is a great – this Brooklyn team is reminds me of the 2019-2020 teams that were just like – so fun and they had no pressure on them right but yeah, too much too much for old benny simmons uh pat beverly did one of the funniest taunts ever because uh he scored he scored a jump hook over lebron who wasn't like really trying, trying. to block it yeah but he did the too small celebration but usually when you do too small you do like you do the sign like at your knees or something right. like that right. he was slapping the floor right like this guy is nuts and the Raptors might have to play him in a playing game. Right. That is, uh, and again, if they if the Bulls make the playoffs or win a playing game, you know he's going to jump on the scorers table and take his shirt off again, <laughs> like his old college coach. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, who just gave up, they gave up on the season a couple weeks ago, um, have shut down Damian Lillard for the final ten games of the season for load management. Like how how do you shut down players like? This is unheard of. Like in the seventies, like a few, like there would be riots. Like, why is this guy not playing? He has a, he has a, like. I mean, I'm sure all of these guys have some kind of injury, but then the teams that want to be bad are like, oh, your injury looks pretty bad, right? Your injury looks bad. Wink, wink. The, Let's I try know. to get Wembenyama. The only way you can get around that, and. I don't think this would ever happen is the NBA would or all leagues for that matter could come in and, and have their own doctors have a neutral doctor. Cause all the doctors are who are they paid by the team? 
So they're going to tell you what they're going to tell you. That's right. They're going to tell you the owner. Here's the diagnosis. Yeah, he could play. And they're going to say, what? Oh, yeah. I mean, no, he can't play. He shouldn't play by changing my. That'd be the the diagnosis along with. So what do you want me to do? Right. What do you what? What way should we go about this? And Portland is choosing the tank. And and who loses? We do. Yes. That again, I get it. If some, if there's a chance, yes, if someone could get hurt, it could affect the rest of their career. I get it, but you know, these guys. If it's a game seven and the guy's got a blow knee, he would do anything to play in that game. Yeah. That's what the, the why these guys are at that level. They're not in it till yeah. I'll sit on the couch tonight. I'm okay. That's <laughs> us. Yeah. So that drives me nuts. I I, I thought. The NBA had a fine. I guess it doesn't matter, right? The teams will pay the fine. That and is that still intact? So that, that's load management, or oh, so okay. if you're if you're resting guys, because this was always a Spurs thing that Pop would rest guys even if it was a prime time game, right. and they would get fined for that. But now teams have found the next loophole, which is the fake injury, right. or not fake, but, but exen- like uh, exaggerating it- a low grade injury. Yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum had his 40th 30-point game this season, breaking the record held by Larry Bird. I don't like this guy, but he's consistent. Yeah. Like, he's good. He's great. Then the Celtics have tailed off to the point where he's not really an MVP candidate anymore. Yeah, but I don't know. They're so deep. They're going to be tough to beat. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, now let's check in. Oh, the Sacramento Kings, who are all about when they win, they light the beam, and they could have won last night to clinch a playoff spot, but they lost to Minnesota, so we got to wait another day or so. Didn't they have the beam out when they didn't play? Another team lost, so they clinched a playoff spot. It was like the Leafs. Oh. We're, we didn't play, but we're in now because someone else is bad. That, and they beamed. That, the... 16-year playoff drought is about to come to an end. Finally, like I'm cheering for Sacramento. Like, wouldn't you not be cheering for the Kings? Yeah, that, that's right? such like, a fun story, fun team. For sure, it's more of like who. I wonder if these last few games there might be there's jockeying to get into the playoffs, but I think teams are going to want that six seed to play Sacramento because they're not an experienced playoff team, right? Like if we're talking round one and it's Golden State Sacramento, that's a little that's a little rough for the Kings. Outside of having the potential game seven at home, this is where like this is where tanking actually I think comes into play here in professional sports. And I don't mean tanking not to make the playoffs, tanking to play Sacramento because it's such a logjam there. Like there's probably going to be three teams that yeah we want to play Sacramento even though we won't have home court advantage. But we want to play them because they're not experienced. And, you know, they all lose or whatever. Then they probably have to have a draft lottery to see who gets to play Sacramento. They're like, Phoenix is pretty comfortably going to be the four seed. But then, like, the Clippers, Timberwolves, Warriors, Pelicans. Like the whole league. Lakers, (laughs) the Thunder, the Mavs. They're all still in it. Like... You're going to have to – here's some homework for you. Tell me what the tiebreaker rules are, and, and then tell mom because she's going to love that. Like, who's going to have to play Sacramento or who even – like, what position are you going to be in? Because this is going to be – I don't know. Has this, this ever happened before in the NBA where it's this close? 
I'm with this think. many teams, especially but, adding in the plan. Right on top of yeah. Hello, Mr. Gary Bettman, if you're listening. My God, we're listening to excitement on, you know, the Raptors who are barely 500 still have a legitimate chance to make some noise in the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, to even get into the playoffs. Sure. In most years, it'd be like, eh, probably not. Yeah. Like, we're so we're not going to have a 70-win team this year in the NBA. Nope. 65 remember we i think we've already talked about this i don't know if we're gonna have a 65 is milwaukee gonna get there they're close 54 and 21 see they're not gonna get there they might not get 60 this might be like an unprecedented nobody wins 60 and then i was gonna say nobody loses 60 but then i forgot that there are a couple bad teams the spurs rockets and pistons exist the pistons also who are a competitive team but lost their best but those are the only three bad teams in the nba this year like, Orlando even won, what, 25 games? 32. There you go. They go on a hot streak, right? I remember because they they the downfall for the Raptors was they, they got swept the by Orlando, and that was just seemed to be their demise. Like, r- the Raptors' yeah. demise and the Orlando's rise. Yeah, and, they, and look at them now. They're almost got the same record. Yeah, they're not. The, they're a few right? games apart. Um. We'll, we'll check in on those plans. So okay. Miami, Brooklyn tied. Didn't know that. Yep. I just had it as Miami as the seventh seed. But go, go back to podcast 167. I told you the Nets would be in the play-in. Uh, the Raptors and Hawks currently tied for the uh, eight seed. Three games back of Miami. So it's more of who's going to get into that 7-8 game and who's going to host the winner go-home game. It just seems to be like, again, another lottery of what position are you going to be in in this play-in tournament, right? Yeah. 7-8, 9, or 10. Especially because the Bulls – so the Bulls are a game back of Atlanta and Toronto, but Washington's kind of done. The Pacers, maybe. Like, Washington needed to beat the Raptors the other night for them to make it a five-team race, right? Yeah, now they're out and it's the Pacers. And I, I, the Bulls are the better team, but the Pacers would be such a fun team to have in the play in. Right. Although they might just get killed by the Hawks or Raptors, depending on, depending on the game, I guess. Yep. Uh, in the West, um, the Clippers are kind of safe from the play in, but again, Minnesota, Golden State, New Orleans, or Minnesota, Golden State are tied. New Orleans, a half game back of them. Uh, the Lakers and Thunder, who are the 9 and 10 seeds, are a game back of New Orleans. And then sitting outside of the playoffs are the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I have that as my bad. Uh, did you have the Luka quote where he said, yeah. I used to have fun? Yeah. This team just like morally has gone down the drain. Is this the Kylie effect? <laughs> um, yeah, it could be. Like I, I just don't think... I think Luka Doncic is a hard player to build around because you don't know what he needs. Exactly. Kyrie Irving is not, not what the, he needs. No, obviously, right? So is he signed beyond this year? No. Luka or uh, Kyrie? Kyrie. He's a free agent at the end okay. of the year. So I see that makes so Dallas is they tried something, it didn't work, so this is definitely not what we need. No, they need they're gonna have some cap sca- cap space to try to build a team and Luka's slowly falling into James Harden territory where in a couple years, if it's still they're still in the same position, it's going to be can you Time win with this on. guy? Right. And yeah, is he going to opt out? Can you opt out in the NBA? Not on. He's still on his rookie deal. Oh, I okay. think. 
Okay. So he'll wow. probably get that big extension. And right. In the NBA nowadays, if- you can make a sign and trade, or yeah, if he wants out that much. The NBA is huge for the players control that league now. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the NFL. Only three stories. NFL draft coming up in a couple of weeks. But the biggest has to be Lamar Jackson and his trade request. Right. So he said March 2nd he requested he requested a trade. On the 7th was when um, they placed the non-exclusive franchise tag where he could right. negotiate with other teams. Yep. And now it's public that he requested a trade. And I saw a list of all the teams that should be calling about Lamar Jackson. And it's right. more the teams that shouldn't. If you are the Bengals, the Chiefs, right. the Chargers, right. the Jaguars, right. I would the Bills. Bills. That's Cowboys. about it. Mm, I would make that call. Yeah. Dak for Lamar. I don't think that makes you worse. But there aren't that. And then I think the best uh, comparison or curiosity is what do you do if you're the Eagles? Right. Do you make that move? Does that make you better with or without Jalen Hurts? Mm. He seems like Hurts seems like a better leader right. when Lamar has more talent. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't like, again, a lot of teams say they're not interested. The Colts, I think, were the only team that publicly said that they are they should interested. Be, for sure. They need a quarterback. They needed a quarterback since Andrew Luck, who I got a ride home with um, a CSA the other day. He's a huge Colts fan, right? And I had forgot this, that Luck, when he retired, he retired, like, not, like, at the end of the season. In the middle of a preseason game. Yeah. Like, right before they were going to start the season. Like, sorry, guys, you got no quarterback this year. Yeah, then it became the Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger. Like, they just had bodies to throw out there. Right. So, so if anybody should be talking to Baltimore, it should be the Jets and the Green Bay Packers because they seem to not be able to get a deal done here. Maybe you need a third party to get involved here where we can get a three-team trade, which I don't think ever happens in the NFL. I don't, I don't think so. Because usually now in the NHL, they just the third team is usually just to retain salary. Right. Uh, speaking of those, the Jets-Packers, very public negotiations because Rodgers wants to be a Jet – and the Packers GM said that doesn't need to necessarily be a first-round pick in the deal to get Rodgers to the Jets. That's fine. They probably want players. Probably. Like some players that are going to help them now because they still think they can compete. I think Rodgers thinks he's in the NBA where I dictate where I'm going <laughs> and how I'm going to get there. Damn. It's never happened before where I'm getting traded. But – you're not. It's not like the trade happened an hour after he had this podcast and said, I'm moving on to the Jets. He he might be playing in Green Bay or sitting on the bench come September. So yeah, what's out of the three options, out of Jets, Packers, or retired, what do you think is the most likely? Jets. Most likely. It seems like maybe it's a draft day move at that point. Like, right. What it. Like, if you're the Packers, you do technically have the power of, like, he only wants to come there. Right. We can get more out of them. Right. That's a hard Interesting. one. Uh, last quarterback story. Uh, the 49ers GM said that Brock Purdy has earned the right to start over Trey Lance next year. Wow. I guess you want a little bit of quarterback competition. Because he is still re- he's recovering from the elbow yeah, surgery. Right. So you don't really know when he's going to be ready. I yeah. find it weird that the GM is the one making this call. Right. 
when you you focus i guess your focus is personnel but like their quarterback room is so weird without even without garoppolo it's purdy and lance and sam darnold right that's a that's a weird combination for sure uh that is that is it for the nfl let's do let's do pick a side where it's uh going back to last week the song about the 98 braves that should have won the world could have would have should have so i had i had three teams that came to my mind okay uh do you want to hear mine or do yeah you go ahead um numbers i would i'm gonna rank these because number three would be the 2009 red wings okay Th- they'd won the stanley cup the year before right they added marion hosa right and they ran into the penguins again and yep. until game seven and maxime talbot scored two goals it just seemed like the same team that was poised to win again right and then it was the marion hosa curse until yeah he won the, the next year with chicago with his third team in three years um <laughs> uh, Two would be I can't remember it must have been the seventeen Yankees that lost to the Astros, okay. the cheating Astros. Right. Game seven. They didn't really deserve to be there. Like they were a young team that right. just kind of had good breaks. Yep. Like they beat the twins, right. like who they yeah, always they should, beat. Right. But they weren't yeah, they weren't expected to win at all, right? And but they definitely could have. And they ran into the cheating Astros. Right. Who just going back should we strip the title maybe because they cheated they still won and uh Roldis chapman gives up a walk-off home run to jose altuve the last guy you should give it up to and then doesn't want to take a shirt off because uh, my wife doesn't have uh, my tattoos i just i need to cover myself um uh, but the number one and i'm sure everyone could see this coming from a mile away is the 17 atlanta falcons who made the Super Bowl after years of just running into Colin Kaepernick and Aaron Rodgers and all these better quarterbacks. Finally, Matt Ryan has an MVP season and their defense is good. Every It's just a solid team all around and they get to the Super Bowl and it's a, a pick six off Tom Brady right. and they're up 28 to three. And it's I just, and you remember watching that game with me. I never felt safe. It right. never felt like, they just won the Super Bowl. Right. It was always the Tom Brady. Tom yeah. Brady's over there. Right. And they just crumbled. Right. And that was the saddest I've ever been. Because because Brady almost did it against the Rams. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Like, there was no way. Like I, I think they were up by 10 or something. It was something silly. But they had it. They lost. But, yeah. I mean, they could have won. They lost based on, like, Stafford threw a moon ball to Cooper Cup, and that's why they lost. Other than that, they were going to overtime. Yeah. Like, Brady had brought them all the way back. Right. Um, the saddest probably individual loss was 2013 Detroit lost to Chicago in overtime. Brent Seabrook scored. and I remember you've talked about that many a time to me. Chelsea Dagger, just the... It's such a good song, but then it just makes me sad because I think about that. But definitely the Falcons, Yankees, and Red Wings are the teams I always think of. I would toss in maybe one of those Raptors teams when they face LeBron, but right. they faced LeBron. So what and were got, they really going to do? And got swept. Yeah. It wasn't like it was a last second um, like, like Raptors seven, shot. You yeah. know, like <laughs> the Kawhi shot. Kawhi shot. Yeah, it wasn't anything like that. So uh, on my side... Uh, Non-personally, first, I would go with the Oakland A's, who should have been a dynasty team, but it almost became the Cincinnati Reds, who beat Oakland in, I think it was 1990, and Rob Dribble comes to mind uh, being a top pitcher for the Reds. But Oakland was the better teams. Toronto beat them as well. 
in 89, I think it was, when Robbie Alomar hit the home run off of uh, their big closer. Who, Eckersley? Eckersley, thank you. And they, they didn't win that year. They did win one, but out of three, when they had Maguire and Conseco, who were like the Smash Brothers at the time, right? They were hitting everything out. Um, the next one that I would go to would be the Chiefs losing to the Bengals in last year's mm, AFC yeah. Championship game. I think if the Chiefs kick a field goal there, they win the game. Instead of going... Instead of going for it, it really turned the momentum, even though it was the last play of the half. But yeah, the, the Bengals first half. stopping yeah. them, and then it was all Cincinnati. And the Chiefs were clearly the better team. In my, like the Chiefs, the Chiefs almost remind me of the Los Angeles Dodgers at this point. I'll, even w- with the winning that both those teams have done, the Dodgers have won, what, one World Series in the last, I'm going to say since they were good, 10 years? Yeah. And they should have won four or five, mm-hmm. right? So I, to me, they're not a dynasty because they haven't met expectations. And the Chiefs are kind of in that same, even though they've won two, mm-hmm. they really have should have won more than that. That's two in Five, five years of contention right? so we'll see how they do in the next few years because i don't know to me the Bengals and bills are going to be right there with the with that team all the way through here it seems like a, and you can add the chargers mm-hmm. but again we're talking nfl on a personal level uh i would say the 1980 philadelphia flyers who really got um if we had replay back then the islanders don't come back in game six and that game doesn't even go to overtime and then who knows what happens in game seven back in philadelphia because there was two goals one was a high stick and the other one the islanders were about 10 feet offside the flyers stopped playing and the islanders go in and score is that the bob nystrom yep overtime yeah yeah the flyers were up by two in that game which was an afternoon game by the way because i had to jump in the lake because the Flyers lost in the spring too in the so. spring yeah it was cold but yeah that was probably my the biggest loss although I could I, I'd like to say the 87 Flyers um but again it's Wayne Gretzky Mark Messier Paul Coffey Grant Fuhrer like they had superstars the Flyers were lucky to make it to game seven but it was the most proud I ever was was games five and six because they were down three games to one and came back in both of those games to come back and win. Um, and just reading the Mark Messier biography there, he talked about that where, yeah, there was lots of resilience there with the Flyers. But that would probably be my other one. And that would be about it that I can think of. I guess the other one, too, I would say would be the Yankees in 2001. Um, during the 9-11. The um, Arizona World Series? Yeah. Yeah. Where, again, probably the most proudest wins were games five and six where they came back. Uh, in, you know, that's where Jeter got his Mr. November name because he, you know, they come back and win in extra innings in both those games uh, before losing in the only biggest blown save that Rivera ever had in his career, right? Like, Realistic, realistically, the Yankees were the better team. Yeah, just one of those. One of the, especially they, that Arizona. Like in that scenario, it's a Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling team. But right. 
they're not making that kind of impact late in the game. Right. Yeah, exactly. It w- I guess you could realistically say if there's no Kurt Schilling, the Yankees might win another three or four World Series yeah. without just him. Yeah, 04. You know? Yeah. 04 in the bloody, bloody sock. sock. I'm glad. Actually, I was going to say I'm glad people don't like him now, but he was still a great <laughs> pi- He was still a great Is pitcher. Is he still an announcer? No, no I, I, I think he's he canceled. Yep. Uh, that is all I've got. Our next pick aside, I was going to do our best teams, but instead um, it's going to be a question more around drafting of would you rather have the number one guy, especially in this year. You don't have to pick this year. It could just be a normal non-generational talent year, right. but it's either getting the number one guy or getting the farm, like getting the Eric, Lindo- in Eric Lindros trade package basically right. is how right. I'm constructing this gotcha so you get the number one pick or the farm will be our our next pick aside but let's get to your bad good and great all right uh starting off with the bat with the bad i was going to talk about the mavericks but we already kind of touched on that where yeah like you think from that trade that it they would at least would have separated from the pack (laughs) they have but on the other (laughs) end they got worse (laughs) yeah uh i'll just leave it at that um and drescu goes down with a like this doesn't look good it could be another um they were showing some stats she's been out for two months five months 15 months and three months on her last four injuries this one didn't look good because she's got carted off on a wheelchair um looks like some sort of a ankle or knee severe injury and she says she was apparently saying not again exactly so just it's bad that's bad um couple of other bads. Uh, I guess I could use this as a, a pick aside, but I, I again, uh, having a good chat with this CSA who was a big sports fan. Um, the college basketball possession arrow. Why in of all sports, I can see the NBA adapting this, but why in a close call and a tie-up ball would they not have a jump ball in yeah. college basketball, which are young kids and they're willing to let's fight for it again in the air on a tip ball. The NBA should be doing this. They're lazy professionals. We don't need to have a jump ball from a tied up possession. That's actually true. They right? should just swap those rules. Yeah. Like when he told me that, it was like, oh, I'm going to use that on my podcast. And then he was all excited because I'm doing a podcast. But I said, yeah, that's really interesting because you're right. Like, because he said, like, what happens? You make a great defensive play to get into a jump ball or a tie-up, and then you look at the air, oh, I just lost it all for nothing. I went, yeah, you're right. I never thought about it that way, where at least when you make a great play, it's not a, de- a arrow. You actually have a jump ball and have a legitimate 50-50 chance to win something where it's already predetermined. I was like, wow, that's a great, because there's most rules I like other than soccer, as you know. That was one that was like, yeah, they should change that. Like because yeah, the feistiness of college basketball, you get this they're, little point guard and a center, like right, you never battling. know. Yeah, exactly. So it was like I like it. I like it as a bad. Um and then my last one is Gary Sanchez. He does not have a team. This guy almost won the MVP award five years ago, and now a team won't even take him. I think he's going home. I think he's going back to the Dominican. This is unbelievable. Like, there's nobody out there that wants a guy to hit 200 and hit 25 home runs? I guess not, because there's lots of those guys now. 
right? Even your top players, if you hit 200 and hit 25 home runs, you'd be happy paying them $15 million. It's, a, it's funny that he also just has this, like, beard now. I feel very, like like validated as a Yankee fan that he's not doesn't have I don't wish he didn't have a job but right like it is true of like who wants him because you're also probably not taking him as a catcher at this point he's it's not he's a DH yeah, he's a first baseman maybe you turn him into a first baseman but you again wouldn't this be like an Oakland A's like can he not play first base for you and like at least I know one player on your team <laughs> yeah it's at right? least a like, name like or DH, he can play in either league now. He can still hit, but I guess, you know the the, and you would think with no shift, like you would think he's going to hit over two hundred. But like, how has he fallen? Because I remember, remember that sixty game stretch, he was hitting a home run almost every game. Yeah. Like, how good's this guy going to be? And then it was just all his defensive woes that caught just, up to him. It really did. It really did. Um. I'm still on bad. I, I got one more I just thought of based on the catcher is I can't believe this is happening, but they are using robot umpires in AAA baseball this year. I I really hope they don't go to this in Major League Baseball. It seems like that's the way they're going to go because then you don't even need catchers anymore. Just have a robot catcher behind the plate because it doesn't matter where he's going to catch the ball. To me, it makes sense to use like a manager's challenge. Have three allowable challenges where you can go out and yell at the umpire and then throw your flag or whatever once you get your point across and it just that would make it a little bit more interesting but yeah you to me in that sport you got to leave a little bit of the human factor in it you can't just be go to robots can you that's a for me i feel like the strike zone because it's not an exact science i understand the human element it would be funny though to watch catchers trying to frame pitches, right. but it's just a robot ump, and they're just like, "No, that's where the ball went. You can't move your glove. I'm calling it where the ball was." It, it it's very similar to tennis now, right? Like imagine John McEnroe playing nowadays. Like, who, he's got nobody to yell at. There's nobody there, except for right? the umpire. That feels like their chair just gets higher and higher. Exactly. It's that was Shapovalov's fault because nobody wants to get hit by a tennis ball. Um, but anyway, yeah, so there's my bag. Uh, only had one good. Um, did you know the Indiana Pacers had three Canadians start for the first time ever in NBA history? And again, this brings me back to that should be the Raptors doing that, not the Indiana Pacers. I'm trying to think of, I don't know why I can't think of the third one. Nemhard, uh, Matherin. I can't think of who their third, who their third Canadian is. I don't know who it is either. But anyway, they did have three. I will. I will look it and up. That was against you. the Raptors. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, kind of sad too, though. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Just again, why wouldn't the Raptors go after these? Because I'm sure these Canadians want to play in Canada. You'd want to play in Toronto. It just doesn't make sense to me. There could be a few of them actually. There's uh, they got a few. Chris Duarte and O'Shea Brissett are also it was Canadian. Brissette. That's who it was when you said that name. Because he was a so. Canadian too, or he played on the Raptors too. Oh, okay. Um, for the great, we didn't talk about this at all, which is March Madness. Oh yeah. Um, so I'll I'll leave this open here. Um, upsets like we always get upsets, but not this late. Right? No, not a number get... one or two seed. Yeah, like my betting is just down the drain. But I was cheering for Kansas City State 
after the sec- after the Kentucky game because I said that was the best game. Then they played Michigan State, and then that was the best game. And then they played – who would they lose to in the next round? Kansas State lost to um, Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. Yeah, and that was a great game because – like the five foot nine, I think we talked about this last week, right? The five foot nine. Oh no, I was talking with the CSA again about this. Um, he was my favorite, new favorite player. Uh, no, Nomanen, Noman, uh, the five foot nine point guard for Kansas State, who had twenty points and nineteen assists. In oh, uh, Noel, Noel, thank Marquise you, Noel, Marquise Noel, like just a tremendous playing on one foot for for the game that they won and played tremendous in the game that he lost, but I, I was cheering for them. Played all 40 minutes against Florida Atlantic. There you go. Just so it was just, that was exciting to watch. Um, And, and again, just like we've talked about many times in the March Madness, it's just a game of runs, right? Like Texas was up big time on Miami and lose. Creighton was up big time on... San Diego State? San Diego State and lost. Like, teams just got cold at the wrong times, and they just couldn't put themselves over the top. Um, At this point now, I would say it's going to be San Diego State versus UConn with UConn winning. That would be my prediction. UConn looks awesome. That's too. It almost seems like UConn, Miami are the two best teams. Right. Like, as they're playing right now. each other. Right. San Diego State seems to be the best defensive team left, which I would think gives them a bit of an advantage. Like we've talked about before, now you're going into this huge stadium where you're trying to hit shots. And if you're going to take under in anything, these might be the games where you might want to take the under. Especially a national championship, those games are always pretty sloppy. Yeah, I find like, I don't know why they still play them there. But anyway, that's, that's the last of my great is just the march madness which was truly a madness where you got five nine in the one and final four four five and four five which i i don't know if that's ever happened right because we always talk about once you get to the sweet 16 it's usually the top teams at this point that squeak out wins or win or right like i don't i don't know if it's the last time that's ever happened where a number one or two seeds not in the final four or three or three, I may have never. Happened. I think I think that was a. It's never happened that at least not one, of one, two or, two or three have been in that, eh? So again, just goes to show you how wide open, especially this year, right? With you know your Alabamas with the gun thing, yep, right. So you, Houston with their top player with the pulled groin or whatever the heck happened to him texas's coach getting dismissed like four games into the season yeah just lots of weird stuff happening with those the top teams that just left them vulnerable for whatever reason i like i'm glad texas signed their coach because after the game he was pretty emotional about like i'm gonna be like this was this year but i'm gonna be like with these guys at their weddings with their firstborns and like it seems like a guy who really cares about the kids fair enough and even the kansas state coach when they lost he was the first one that went to the locker room and consoled everyone and kept telling everyone put keep your head up keep your head up like be proud of what we did right just hard for college kids especially if that's your like for someone like drew timmy with gonzaga like that was his last run 
Right. And he, he's been around. We were, again, with the CSA guy, we were wondering, like, how long has he played for Gonzaga? He's been there since the head coach's first year, I think. It's funny because right? I looked it up. He's a year younger than me. Wow. But he looks like he he's looks like 35. Like exactly. And he's been there forever. He has. Right? He's seen all, all the championship runs. Yeah. But no. And he just couldn't put it because, again, for Gonzaga, it was Timmy or Bust this year, right? They didn't really have anybody else that were hitting shots or anything. It was everything revolved around him. If he was playing well, he didn't play well in that Elite Eight game, and that really cost him. Uh, compared to the UCLA game, which was another really good game that we knew it was going to be a good game. Yeah. Um, I just hope the Final Four now are good games. I assume it will be, but you never know, right? You never know if Florida Atlantic gets yeah, in that like, position. Yeah, like, right? Those good teams, they usually, once you get that, but again, we've said that all this year and it hasn't happened, so maybe they win it all. Yeah. Even uh, on the women's side, I found myself watching a couple of their games, and South Carolina has been undefeated this whole year. Um, the girl from Iowa, Caitlin Clark, had a 42-12-10 triple-double. Right. Um, they had the There's these twins in Miami that, like, one of them is good and one of them isn't, but they're big on TikTok, and the fans were yelling at one of them, stick to TikTok, and she made a free throw and shushed them. It's actually, there's some fun... I'm excited for both Final Fours. Right. And they are showing a lot more of the women's. Again, I'm not really interested in it, but they are compared to, to before, right? It was never on. The only question I have is why on the women's side do they play quarters? That, I heard someone ask that question too. I have no idea. Did they play four 10-minute quarters? Yep. Okay, because I'm assuming they don't play more than the men. That, that would, would make sense. It should but, just be 20-minute halves. It yeah. should just be the same. I, I wonder if they probably have a difference, but that's that's something yeah, that's gone just, above our head. Yeah, I'm just wondering you know, if they have more in-between quarter um, sponsorships to promote. Or, <laughs> I, you Maybe. know what I mean? Like Could just, open commercial breaks. Yeah, I'm just wondering why they would do that. You know, But anyway, that's all I got. All right. Uh, that is that is all we've got. And besides that, we will see you next time.